Hello and welcome to the Hunters of the video game podcast, born of the Monster Hunter community. And tonight we are reviewing our 2022 games five through one, but we're catching up with Ace, who's doing all 10 of his. Uh, and yeah, it's going to be a fun episode tonight. So joining me tonight, Sasha, welcome back. Thanks. Thanks. How are you? Good. Tooth pain is under management, hopefully being removed. Uh, maybe. I don't know. Uh, we'll see. I uh, After finishing God of War, I have found myself in, despite a large backlog, in a what do I play next paralysis. So I've not been playing a lot of things too, too much. But we'll see. But I do have something that might go on the list for next year already. So we'll see about that. For now, if it makes the cut for the rest of the year. Oh, I know. It was a competitive year this year. We'll see. We'll see about 2023 because uh, I don't know, man. June comes around. I might be playing Diablo 4 for six months, and that's about it. Like You might, he says. <laughs> I might. Yeah. Um, and uh, Ace, welcome back. Glad to see you today. Mm-hmm. It's good to be back. We'll see if I can make it all the way through. Yeah. Well, hey, you know, babies, they need things. It's its a thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. And then, Morg, how you doing, bud? Oh, I am doing great. I'm actually currently playing uh, probably my uh, number two game right now for my list. And um... Yeah, you'll have to explain, because that just looks like a weird anime Mewtwo to me. <clears throat> Yeah, I'm playing as the Freezer Race in Dragon Ball Xenoverse. I've been collecting all the Dragon Balls. I managed to make, I think, about three or four oh. wishes now. Yeah, I got two ultimate super attacks. I managed to unlock some more super attacks. I managed to reallocate my uh, character's stat points, so in that way he they're better distributed for the, the build that I'm going for, which is a Kaioken times 20 build. Uh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's really, really fun, especially being able to go Kaioken and then just, like, use uh, Kid Boo's scream to get key back, and then I can use my key attacks to, like, grab a person and then go full, and, like, first Android's 19, uh, what is it, 19 and 20, the one with, like, the palm attack where they grapple a guy and then they suck their life force or whatever so I can get more stamina, keep my Kaioken going for longer, and then just keep using the Boo scream you know, an infinite number of times so then I can build more key and then do the grab to get more stamina, just punchy, 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 do tons yep. of damage. It's great. I I was right on one part. Big anime. Anime mm-hmm. energy there. That is, mm-hmm. Although I do like Dragon Ball. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, so we have uh, a lot more to go through tonight because uh, we've got all four of us and then we got to catch up with Ace. So Ace, uh, without further ado... Uh, we got to hit this up. So what we're going to do, just so, just so listeners are aware, we're going to do Ace's 10 through 5, his honorable mention, and then we're all going to do dishonorable mentions, and then 5 through 1. So, number 10, Ace. That would be Borderlands. I've been playing the collection You're talking on about number Switch. 1? Yep. Okay. Um, I haven't finished it yet, but I've been having fun with it, doing the, uh, I don't know, I guess I would say almost dungeons, going to okay. each of the different 
quest locations and facing off against the bosses and fighting all the different skags and just mulching them repeatedly. What class are you playing? Uh, yeah, uh, that was going to be my question. Oh, okay. Well, Mordecai? Yeah, yeah. Mordecai. Yeah. I always play Siren <clears throat> class. Mm-hmm. And OG. Yeah, so does my brother. OG Borderlands Siren is my favorite. The phase mm-hmm. walk. I kind of like the engineer yeah. just for being able to just throw down turrets everywhere and then just let the turrets do most of the work while I'm healing my teammates and stuff like that. Yeah, for number two? That was number two, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, that was number two. Yeah. I almost. I did. Uh, I played so little of two. I almost feel bad every time I take out a tiny mutant just because when they run out with shotguns and they knock themselves over by firing the gun, I'm just like, oh, you're trying your best, buddy, aren't you? <laughs> have you played any of the DLC yet for Borderlands? I don't believe I have, no. I really like I the zombie one. The I know, mm-hmm. Ortuan, you're not into the zombie stuff, but they do like a I nice if it's... Night of the Living Dead parody in <laughs> If it's done well, I normally can enjoy zombie stuff, but you know, like uh, like the game I just showed you guys for a little bit, Forgive Me Father, I really like how they do zombies. They have ones that carry other zombie heads. And if you headshot them, they pick up the head and put it on their head. And then it's like, you got to headshot them twice to kill them. Oh my God. So I love that. But zombies, zombies are, are yes, a hot button issue for me because to me, they are the most boring, like fantasy creature that exists. Plants versus zombies makes them good. Speaking of zombies done well, there may be some uh, contention with the HBO Last of Us show. Oh, yeah? It just recently came out that apparently they are not going to have spores in the show. Oh, come on. Instead, there's apparently going to be tendrils which I don't get why tendrils would be more viable than freaking spores, which was like major part Probably of Probably special effects more viable. Yeah, we but they've been boasting this massive budget. They've been talking Particle about effects how... are pretty advanced nowadays, and HBO has done pretty good with a lot of their special effects. How hard is it to make a fucking cloud? Come on. It's not that big of a budget. The budget is supposed to be for the first season of Last of Us was supposed to be bigger than, I think, the first three seasons of Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah, Mm. so then they should have absolutely been able to. Yeah. HBO. It stands for Huge Bitch Energy. That's... Oh. uh, Energy? Yeah. (laughs) Come back to that us was on a that joke, one. guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, All right. And then number nine was uh, Breath oh of the Wild. I've been uh, okay replaying that, but on the Wii U, so it's definitely a little different playing that on a uh, mainly home tablet, and then yeah, switching back and forth between the TV and the screen. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know if I could ever replay Breath of the Wild. That felt like a one and done for me. 
No. Like, I, I can't. Well, because you explore things, and once you know things, it's the, the, the magic is kind of lost for me. Nah. Like. You just got to relive the magic, but with a little bit more knowledge this time around. Maybe. I mean, I haven't tried, so. Maybe. I All tell right. you, All ascending right. the uh, central spire of Hyrule Castle is still, uh, still just as awe-inspiring and crazy as it was oh, the first yeah. time I did it. Okay. All right. The uh, so uh, Kokiri Forest is still annoying as shit with the mist, but whatever. Wouldn't be Kokiri <clears throat> Forest if it wasn't annoying as shit. <laughs> so... Uh, uh, so number nine is um, keep wanting to say Hyrule Warriors, uh, Breath of the Wild. I mean, they did a- have Age, Age, Age of, of Calamity. Calamity was yeah, because Age of Calamity was the the Hi- Breath of the Wild Hyrule Warriors. All right. Uh, so yeah, I don't know, it's a good one. Surprised it came up, but I do remember you saying that. So uh, mm-hmm. anything else to say about it? I mean top tier game definitely play it if you haven't yeah. already sasha you yep. have a switch for, I'm for everyone so except sasha. good on that yeah no we're look, yeah i know we're, we're trying good, good to go we're, you we're got tr- a switch no. you can play it no, that's a hard pass. we got we gotta we, we gotta work on the monster hunter part we're not we're not chink, there's no chink in the zelda armor here no that ain't happening i was gonna say happening. earlier sasha you me i'll create a, another character for Game Pass. What is it? At the end of the month? Next month it comes out, I think? 20th. The 20th on Xbox Game Pass. Uh, Rise and Sunbreak. We'll see. Maybe. So the other part of it comes down to time. Mm-hmm. That's very yeah. true. Same. Very much uh, same. Okay. Here. So, so what, what was that? Number, number nine. nine. So, number, so, so, number eight. Number eight. Emulating my angry Joe there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Far Cry 6 with uh, Giancarlo Esposito. Ah, that's the newest one, isn't it? Uh-huh. Okay. It's sort of like a uh, New Age Cuban revolution, South American mm-hmm. revolution type thing. Um Okay. You play as Danny, either as guy or girl, but I have to agree that with the uh, YouTuber that I watched that it definitely feels like Danny is more meant to be a girl, and I played as a girl. Hmm. Okay. <clears throat> um, had a lot of fun with it, as I do with most Far Cry games, because it's goofy, over-the-top action. You even get a... Uh, you get animal companions. Um, two of my favorite were the uh, alligator. Um, what, what was his name? I'm forgetting his name. I want to say it was Gaspacho, but I don't think it was. And then uh, a uh, fighting rooster was my hmm. other favorite one. Yeah. Um, it was basically With like the spurs. a. Yeah. It was basically a demon chicken, and I'm like, hell yeah. I'll take a demon chicken as a companion. You know, speaking about alligators, the girls and I watched, uh, I hadn't seen it. Uh, I don't know if you guys planned on watching it, but it's pretty good. 
uh, Ripley might like it is Lyle Lyle Crocodile. That was a good movie. It was a good kids movie. Hmm. I haven't heard of that. What's it? What's it on? Uh, I had it on Voodoo. Um, I don't know if it's on any streaming service, but I would look. I would look out for it. It's it's about this uh, very anthropomorphic alligator who was raised by a show singer. Um, and he can only speak, the alligator can only speak through song. Uh, and I'm almost positive, not sure, because I didn't look at the credits, but almost positive that, uh, uh, that it is what, oh gosh, he's the NSYNC guy. Justin Timberlake is the voice of Wild Wild Crocodile. Oh man. Yeah. My kid will love that. So it was pretty good. She loves the trolls. Mm hmm. Which also has Justin Timberlake in it. Yep. Yep. He plays uh, as his name is Branch. Yep. But as the girls call him Ranch, like ranch dressing. And I don't know why. (laughs) That's funny. You said that. And then uh, just because I constantly listen to a cult podcast i was like the ranch davidians no idea no idea what that is i do not listen to that podcast um i've been meaning no to that was my own point, joke that I, I just made up um the it's oh. a pun Did you write it yourself? the branch davidians no i mm. just came up with it on my uh, my head so uh i can't give myself All that good? much credit it was just a product of my stupid brain just being like, hey, word associate now. <laughs> All right. All right. So, yeah. Um, Far Cry 6. Uh, sounds like good fun. That's great. With Lyle Lyle Crocodile as your friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and uh, it Kung probably, Fu Chicken. It probably makes me take longer in the game, too, but I don't often like driving around in the vehicles and stuff. Except for, like, the four-wheelers a little bit. Um, mm. So I often just, like, run everywhere on the map, and it takes me forever. Yeah, I mean, if a, if you have a good exploration game, like, I would say Just Cause 3, that that works. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you're just like, I just want to zip line everywhere. Like, yay, let's do it. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to be... South American Spider-Man in uh, Just Cause 3. Hmm. Yeah. It's really fun. I've seen people do some crazy maneuvers with the friggin' zip wire thing on that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no. Simple one. Tie tie a jet that's flying by to a tank and just watch it take off and crash. Mm -hmm. Because it it can pick up the tank, but not for long. And then it just crashes, and then they both die. It's Mm -hmm. hilarious. Um... I've seen one where a guy takes, like, a little hatchback car, gets onto the roof, attaches the wire to it, attaches the wire to the windmill. Like one mm-hmm. of the, the, uh, those tall white windmills. And then just yeah. does that back and forth between the blades on, like, two of them. And I'm just like, how and why? Because it's fun. Everything in that game is just fun. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't like number four. Number four was not fun, but three and two were good. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but 
you know, detracting again from Far Cry sake, I don't have any experience with the Far Cry series, so sounds like fun now. Mm-hmm. And then uh, okay. number seven was Power Wash Simulator. Yeah, Spent plenty of plenty of satisfying hours just deep cleaning all to- and all sorts of environments. Distressing. Yeah. Plus, like, mm-hmm. some of the places I got a comment, like, how the fuck do you get that grimy? Like, golf carts and vehicles and stuff like that, I can understand. But how does a, like, playground or, like, the shoe house, how does that stuff wind up looking <coughs> like a giant literally squatted over them and just shat onto them? Hurricanes. Hurricanes is how that happens. Kids are very I mean, artistic. Yeah, they guess. can do a lot of things. Literally, oh. they will pull anything out of anything, and they will use it to their disposal, especially if they're mm-hmm. very artistic and are not ashamed I mean, of using anything. There were definitely <laughs> I mean anything. Interest- Fortuan knows exactly what I'm talking about. Kids will reach anywhere, and they will use whatever they can to make art. Mm-hmm. Yep. All it takes is a little supervision to prevent something like that. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, or I don't know if you've seen recently uh, with all the snowstorms that have been going around. Uh, I think it was salt around Buffalo area and one on of like everything. the one of the uh, shore communities. There was the uh, shore facing fronts of the the houses that were just like speckled in ice because mm-hmm. uh, the winds had like blown up water so it literally looked looked like someone had like gingerbread house frosted those sides of the houses oh that's awesome hmm, hmm. that's cool all the salt crystals too i bet helping with that i'm not sh- i think it might have been a great lake area not Oh, okay. Coastal, coastal. I think. Okay. I think I want to say it was Buffalo. Oh yeah, okay. Or then, Buffalo yeah, it would be area Buffalo it, adjacent. It would be no salt. Gotcha. <laughs> and then uh, okay. number six is Dead Cells. Started. Uh, mm. Oh yeah. That on Game Pass. Now we're talking. I've been enjoying the uh added dlc stuff that they have to it um because i do like the castlevania thing they announced yeah i'm definitely gonna be looking into that when i have time once that comes out and i've already with what they have out i've set my uh character to look like shovel knight okay i owned the game i played it for a good six seven hours and i said all right i'm done Mhm. Yeah, I've got thing. it on all three platforms now. Just yeah, just switch for me. I've got it twice on Switch because I first got it electronically, and then I got the uh, collector's edition with the glorious limited run. Yeah, the, I don't. I don't know if it's limited run. I have to. I'd have to check. Um, because I got it through GameStop. Uh, mm. but it's got uh. The statue of the 
uh, prisoner with the uh, frying pan. So that's mm. that's just a nice nice little addition to my collection. Yeah, frying pans. Who knew? Mm-hmm. And then my uh, are we, wait, are we doing honorable mentions? First yeah, off? yeah, we did our or? we did our honorable mentions last week. So you're still catching up with honorable mention. Okay, and then my uh, honorable mention is the new version of Oregon Trail. Ooh, okay, which I've been playing on Switch. Oh, it by is... the way, to uh, when you talked about playing that a long time ago, I talked about the Warden that was like an Oregon Trail movie. It a uh, game. Mm. It is, um, but it's a lot more complex, and yeah. I didn't like it. So, anyways, back to Oregon Trail. Yeah, so I've been playing that on Switch and enjoying fighting against dysenteria and dysentery and typhoid and all that fun crap. Hmm. Uh, Because I've been spacing out my playthroughs a bit. Uh, Mm -hmm. I just today did my completed my first run through successfully with uh, think half my party okay because two members of my party just like got fed up and left actually like at one at various points like all four of them like left the group so like at one point my rifleman he left and then one of the girls left and then the guy came back, then the other guy left, and then the other girl left, and then the other guy came back. So, hmm. it was really weird. I was like, "What? what is going on? That sounds like, overly whatever. complicated. Well, because I had it set as the what was truer to the original experience, and then right now I'm also doing a run that's like the, the nature run, so it's like mm. just more relaxed and easygoing. Gotcha. <clears throat> uh, it is interesting, too. They have uh, a little uh, statement at the beginning of the game. They actually consulted with Native American slash First Nations scholars when they mm-hmm. were um, developing it and working on it. Uh I forget exactly what it said, but it touched on how, like, the expansion wasn't, you know, great for the Native Americans. Yeah. The westward traveling, and they do kind of touch on that because, or at least so far in my experience, because uh, there was a commentary, I'm assuming I was in Utah at the time, I don't remember the exact location, but they talked about how... um, They'd set up the Salt Lake City, and at the area that I was fishing in, the uh, Native Americans that were there that were teaching people to fish were commenting on how, like, more people are showing up every day, and if it keeps up, the fishing won't be able to sustain itself. Mm-hmm. So, so far, lightly touched on, but... I'm going to be playing through it more and seeing what else there is to discover. 
Okay. Wait. So wait, is the game Oregon Trail causing oh, yeah. overfishing? What? It's not. What? What? It's no, not it's... causing overfishing. It's it's talking about westward expansion and one of the impacts would have been become overfishing of like Salt Lake. Oh. Salt Lake and other water bodies and stuff along the trail. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, because. They they have the the hunting in the game, which is like the original, just with updated graphics because they're almost like two D three D sprites. It's like a blend mm-hmm. somewhere between. So it's got like that same like radial style of hunting where you're you start in the middle of the screen and then animals run across and all over and stuff. And then you can either do the northwest, south and east direction and then the uh i forget what it's what they're called but the in between directions it's not mm-hmm. fully circular but cardinal directions i think it is maybe well i think the cardinal directions are just north south east and west and then mm-hmm. there's another one that's the in between northeast ones. Northeast, North southwest, northwest, southwest. Yeah. Southwest. Yeah. Easy there. Weast. Patrick. <laughs> Weast. Yeah. Okay. So Oregon Trail for the honorable mention. So um so we'll we'll change it up for the dishonorable mentions. Uh this is the first new one that we're we're gonna talk about today for the other three of us. So Morg, what's your dishonorable mention for the year? Oh boy. Uh uh I'm having a hard time deciding between these three games. Uh but I think it's going to be Need for Speed Carbon that I played on GameCube. I hate that game. Okay. It's awful. <laughs> the game is just unplayable. The controls are just Almost completely unresponsive. The cars are constantly fishtailing left, right, and center. Like it, it almost feels like there, there's like a like an overcompensation with the steering, and it's always delayed. So like you're trying to adjust from like spinning out in one direction, and then all of a sudden the vehicle goes, and then smashes into the other wall, smashes into the other. Wall. And I'm like, I hate this game. No, nope. mm-hmm. it's garbage. I don't know how that my roommate plays it. The thing was ninety dollars back in the day. I remember looking at that in like a Sears and being like, "Need for Speed Carbon? I'm not affording that ever." It was like pick between that or Banjo Kazooie or something like that, and it was like mm, Banjo Kazooie. At ninety dollars, that is ninety dollars too expensive. Yeah, actually, they yeah. couldn't pay me to play the game. Oh my god, it's terrible. Trash. <laughs> Get All out right. of my sight. Another uh, N64 throwback with Morg. Cause oh, it's on that's GameCube. what you've been doing. It's on GameCube. Oh, yep. GameCube, sorry. I'm thinking of a different Need for Speed then, if it was $90, because I was definitely thinking of an N64 game. Uh, okay, yeah, because I'm, I'm thinking that there, there were a couple of titles that went across a couple of different consoles. So yeah. Yeah, I, could, I, I, I don't know. All right, so Need for Speed Carbon. Uh, Sasha, what, what's uh, what's your dishonorable mention? 
Um, mine is a game called Divination. Um, the reason that it is my dishonorable mention is because it is a good game. It's just I fully completed it in, in maybe 45 minutes, like a thousand gamer score. You're done. Oh, geez. Never going to play this too game short. again. Yeah, just way too yeah. short. Um, gotcha. It's Game Pass game. So like on my end, you know, it didn't cost me anything. Just downloaded it, played it, enjoyed it and got rid of it. Um, so in this game, you are like, I think you're a computer, like an AI supercomputer or something, but you're a fortune teller and people come to you with, it's like a futuristic world. Like, I feel like mm-hmm. they put some, some effort into building kind of an environment. And so it's really kind of a bummer that you get about an hour of gameplay and then it's done. And so what's the point of building this world and building, building lore for it to just be over like no DLC, nothing. So you meet, I think five different customers who come in and they want their fortunes told and they tell you their stories and you have them pull runes. There's like a little puzzle mechanic for you to give them their fortunes. And if you do the puzzle correctly, you give them a certain fortune. If you don't do the puzzle correctly, you will also give them a a fortune, but it's slightly different. And then as you get to the end of the game, if you gave everybody the correct fortunes, you get a chaos rating and a true, Hmm. a true or a not true ending. And yeah, like I said, took about 45 minutes to do the whole game and geez okay damn it was unenjoyable 45 minutes would have loved to have more like i've done tutorials that lasted longer than that i think it took me longer to get through the oblivion tutorial so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah wow that's Hey, short. Okay. Um, At least it wasn't a bad experience because when I played Need for Speed Carbon, it was the kind of game that I would wipe my butt with and flush it down the toilet. That's the kind of a game that it would be. If I could vomit on it, it would improve the game. Like, oh boy, (laughs) when I think of dishonorable mention... I'm thinking of, like, give me a plate of shards of broken glass. I'll put that with salt and pepper, and I'll eat that shit right up rather than play this game. Oh, boy. Oh. So, there, there's a little bit of a difference there because more, some people have to really find a game that, they, like, like they if it's bad, they will probably drop it pretty quick. Oh, And or have yeah. never picked it up to begin with. Yes. So that, you and I are the kind of people who will delve into the bad game and suffer through it for a while, at least. Ooh, and the then... very bells of hell itself. Oh, right. wallowing in the much, reproductive much organs less... of Satan himself. Yeah. Sasha has less time to to figure out if a game's going to be good or not, so she, yeah. Yeah, I think... I think if this was pre pre uh children pre grad school and i forced mm-hmm. myself to play through tons of games achievement hunting i'd have a totally different opinion 
Yeah, I need that's to fair find enough. myself a really I mean, bad game. Like the absolute I'm shit still... among shits. If shit could well, take a shit, that would be the well, worst Morgan, game in existence. You can join me in this we... journey. Um, I'm planning mm -hmm. on down the line eventually getting a Xbox and then uh, getting Ride to Hell Retribution. Oh my don't, don't. god! Why? Do Why? it! Yes! Suffer with me. Yes. Ugh. I don't. I don't, <laughs> I don't understand. Uh, bathroom audio. Bathroom stall uh, audio. Yes. Oh. Oh God. Okay. I need to be cleansed. So, my dishonorable mention comes from a lot of hype for myself on this game, met with utter meh, and that was. Uh, Mario Strikers Battle League. Um, oh. I was such a huge fan of Mario Strikers on the GameCube. Like, soccer is legit my favorite sport. Like, I played soccer a lot as a kid. I still watch soccer occasionally as an adult. And Mario Soccer was, like, the coolest thing, uh on the GameCube, and then it was not as cool on the Wii, but I had hopes, really high hopes, for the Switch one that came out this year. And I don't think I played it more than three days because I finished everything that I cared to finish, and that was it. Like, it was a good, executed game. There's a lot of crazy mechanics in it. Uh, it doesn't go too far, I don't think. Like the the Wii of it, uh, the second game did. It went a little too far. You get like six goals with a super strike, but like you at best get two with a super strike, and that actually has some defense to it. So you're not just automatically getting two points. Uh, it is like real soccer, and the fact that it takes some skill and it is not easy to score, uh, even against the computer. But at the end of the day, it didn't really have much to grab me at all. It was just, I paid $60 for about like four hours of entertainment. It felt like. like oh my God. Only four. I don't know how long I played it, Morg. I don't, it could be more. It could be less. It was under 10 probably. Um, I didn't really keep track, and Nintendo isn't really good at keeping track of your hours itself. No. Um, so, I just it just failed to, to to wow me. Like it was just, I had a lot of hope and a lot of hype for the game, and it just didn't get there. It was just, if you've seen the Emoji Movie, I was meh. I was the meh he was meant to be. <laughs> 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 so uh so we'll we'll uh cycle back to ace uh ace what's your dishonorable mention for um, 2022 since you well know that i usually do not get games without having usually done a little bit of research vetted them to a degree it. yes but every now and then especially with the uh switch store the eShop. Yeah. Just because they have random games on Sales. there and discounts. And yeah. every now and then I'm just like, eh, this is like two bucks. I'm sure it's not like groundbreaking, but I'll just give it a try. Uh, I took a chance with one of those games called 
Midnight Sun, I believe. And you remember me talking about this. It was a uh, jet fighter game Mm -hmm. where you are fighting against both air, air units, other jets, and ground units with like tanks and stuff like that i well i don't know that they're tanks i think they're just aa guns um Mm -hmm. i believe this may be a mobile game that was just ported onto switch ported yeah i'm not 100 sure i haven't looked into it just based on how it operates i think that's what it is uh and there's like the progression of like upgrading your jets and stuff and unlocking mm-hmm. other ones once you once you build up enough funds um the one aspect of it that makes it a dishonorable mention for me is the yeah. fact that you through the settings cannot invert the controls yeah so you cannot push down on the joystick to go up. You cannot no, it is down to push go down, up, on up it. to go up. Yes, and yeah. that is completely frustrating when every single other game, flight game that I have played, mm-hmm. does that. Like so they've... Theft Auto and Heat Seeker on PSP. Uh, friggin... Tom Clancy's Hawks on PlayStation. I played, 3. I played games from the the '90s on my PC that had inverse controls that you could flip back and forth. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's and hell. I think even the uh, Harry Potter game that I played on PC way back in the day, whichever the whichever one that is, I think it the might Quidditch have been battles. The first, I don't think it was Quidditch. I think it was just a. I think it might have been the Philosopher's Stone because I know that you had Quidditch matches in there and you could enter into the Quidditch tournament. Actually, I think it might have actually been on Xbox, so it might have been the like the solely the Quidditch one. Um, Oh, okay. I believe that even had inverted controls. So I'm like, what are you guys doing? So this game does not allow you to have. Wait, they inverted your inverted controls. And you can't mm-hmm. yeah. invert them back to inverted controls. They're they're inverse yeah, inverse unless controls. It, unless if there's they're... some aspect of the settings that I completely missed, even though I went into it multiple times and like went into every single tab option that was available in the game. There's yeah. no option to change up the controls or remap buttons or anything. It's solely just you want to go up, you push up on the stick. You want to go down, you pull down on the stick. Which is not how it's supposed to work. It depends on the game for me. Sometimes I want inverted, sometimes I don't. That's I, like I don't. if that's like if they changed Call of Duty and instead of like pulling the the right trigger to fire, you have to depress the right thumbstick. Button. <laughs> Push in the thumbstick. Ew. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's completely uncomfortable feeling when you've played played so a certain way for so long. Yeah, that's true. Okay. So what was it called again? Midnight Sun, I believe. That's interesting, because uh, 
I think that there's a Marvel game that we're going to be playing called Midnight Suns. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's our next bickering puck game after we review Bayonetta is Midnight mm-hmm. Suns. I wonder if so, Midnight Sun is like a forbidden quote. It's just guaranteed to just be a bad game, no matter what game it is. If it's got Midnight Sun I, in it, it's going to be bad. I don't know. I the I'm not too unexcited for the Midnight Suns Marvel game that we're playing because it's uh it's like a tactical RPG, like you know XCOM with superheroes. So, so it's not going to have we'll controls see. in it that make it feel like. The development team I hope not. participated in the Tide Pod Challenge. No, I hope not. But we'll see. We'll see. I haven't. I haven't. I don't even have it yet. I'm waiting on Jared to get it because you know. Fingers crossed. Game store. Fingers crossed. Has to uh, specifically order games sometimes. So, waiting on that and them's fighting herds. Have you seen that one? That's yes. another one I'm getting from him. Oh no! Uh, it is uh, a bunch of like herd animals as a fighting game. Like uh, we're talking like a sprite 2D fighter. Oh my god! Um, so you got cows, you've got a deer, you've got uh, other right farm animals, a, a sheep maybe. Oh. Um, and they're all done this like My Little Pony style, and it's just it looks great. It just looks so funny. Um, it's I'm getting a physical version for Switch, and I'm gonna make it the the fighting game that I'm finally gonna be good at. And I'm I'm gonna be that one guy that like let's play them's fighting herds, everybody. And they're gonna be like, why are you so good at this? Why did you put so much time into this stupid game? And I'm gonna be like, cause. Because I wanted to be good at some fighter game, and this one made me laugh. <laughs> it better to be, you know, really, really good at an extremely niche and very hard to come by game. So that way, you can be the best at it forever. When people, you know, because like everybody's yes. going to be playing Street Fighter, everybody's going to be playing Tekken, or Dragon Ball Fighter Z, More... or some other weird, you know, like two D fighter game, or like. Uh, you're forgetting the best a, one, Mortal Kombat. Or Blaze Kombat. Blue. Yeah, or Mortal Kombat. We don't talk yeah. about the crossover one where it's Mortal Kombat X DC. We don't talk about that one. That never no. happened. MK, MK8. Yeah, yeah. That's the, that's the bad one. Although it, it spawned Injustice. We have Injustice because of it, and Injustice is not bad. Injustice is good. But yeah, we don't, we don't so, talk about MC8. Or MK. So when, uh, yeah, uh, when when Ace gets back, we will hear Morgs number number five, and we'll go we'll go around the table. Um, I will say, while while Ace is gone, I, I to for the audience, I told uh, I told you two about this while we were before the show, or actually I told Ace, um, you weren't here yet, Morg. Um, I did finish God of War, uh, Ragnarok. And I will say, because last week I rated it without having finished it. It was the only game that I had done that. Uh, I will say that I would probably keep it at its spot had I finished it before. Um, Based solely on the fact that these five that we're going to be talking about today um, had more of a personal 
and or just lasting impact on me as a game. And whereas God of War had a pretty personal impact, though, because the theme of the story ends up being letting go of the one you love, like your kids, like letting go of your kids, letting them grow up and do their own things. Mm -hmm. And having gone through the year of like forcibly me being able to see my kids less, I was like, uh, this is not the message I was looking for today, God of War. Stop being so close to the heart on this. So, like, please stop. So it, it hit me pretty hard um, in the in that last hour and a half. Uh, but I but I would still keep it where it's at um, because I it's it's hard to put Sunbreak any lower than it is. It was hard to put Sunbreak as low as it is. You just ended up being a number six and. God of War is right up there with it. I mean, it was really good. The battles were really fun. Like, I would beat my head against, uh, lose like 15, 16 times on some of the optional fights and still go at it with just as much determination. Like, this is a good game. Um, but yeah, so I, I finished it all good. And then I've kind of run into. Not really into a slump, but I've been kind of like not really committing to playing a game on my list. Um, I was going to play, I immediately tried to start up uh, Plague Tale uh, Requiem, you know, that got a bunch of nominations. Yes, the one about uh, the French Revolution bubonic plague thing going on. Yeah, yeah, that that looks like a good game. Can't, it won't run. It It doesn't run on my PC. I, I hit start and it goes to a black screen and nothing happens. And Have so you I'm going to be some, yeah, I've done a lot of things. I've disabled vertical uh, V-Sync and, and other options to sort of make it try to go. I've gone through forums and stuff. My, my last resort, which I'm going to do eventually is submit a ticket. Um, so that was my planned next game. Uh, so then I've just kind of been like, so what's next? Because I don't want to start Deathloop right away. I even know it's the one sitting on my PlayStation. So I've actually been playing Sports Story, which is a game that recently came out. Mm-hmm. Um, that one, if you ever want to play a 2D game where you solve all of your problems with golf, that's... Can't say that I will ever find myself wanting to do that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's 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 a it's a fun game, I will say. Uh, so, Golf Story is what it what it originally was. This is the sequel, Sports Story. So instead of just golf, you now have to hit soccer balls with your golf club. You now have to hit tennis balls. You now you get a tennis racket eventually. Um, I have infiltrated a tennis school for revenge. Uh, revenge for something I don't know. I'm just told that I'm supposed to do it for revenge. Uh, it's got a good sense of humor. It's just a just a top-down 2D game where you play golf and you're trying to solve the world's problems with golf. It's just fun and a silly story. Happy Gilmore, um, the video game! Kinda. They do have a Happy Gilmore reference because you one of the bad guys, the, the team of bad guys are essentially like these three Yakuza and one of them does hit the golf the golf ball with a baseball bat, like that's his thing. He just hits things with a baseball bat. 
Um, they're called the Silver Dragons, I think, or something. Uh, and they're these like three like yakuza guys who are just going around roughing people up and buying. It's like this weird turned into this weird conspiracy theory and mystery at all the same time. So I actually had like a stealth spy mission I was playing that I was like, where did this come from? This wasn't even in the first game. And the first game was wacky. Like this is, this is out there. So I was doing a stealth spy mission where I was like turning off things and uh, like searchlights and stuff and getting caught by spies. And there was all this weird, like this, like I'm a seven time double agent. And that's the only true thing you'll ever hear me say. And it's like, what? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> okay, so... It's, it's got a goof. He's a double agent, pretending to be 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 a double agent. Yes, I think is that that's where they're going with. He's done it twice now, so we got it five more times for him to double cross. That's just reminding me of Tropic Thunder. I'm the dude yeah, playing I mean, yeah. the dude disguised as another dude. I What's feel that? like yep. if you're going to be the like a double agent seven out. times over, I feel like either either side is probably just going to shoot him in the head because they don't know whose side he's oh. on. Because at that point, oh. it's like, okay, let's not gamble on this one. Click, click, bang. And then they just kill him. And it's like, okay, we don't have to worry about it anymore. I forgot. So in the course of me playing the game already, I have become a professional BMX biker and a professional uh, fisherman. Wow. Through different things. Uh, and by applying the the uh, skills of golf. Eeks. I don't know how it worked with the, the BMX stuff, but it's there. It's just it's just a fun goofy game. And that's what I've been playing when I have not been playing Monster Hunter again with uh, the boys. So mm. As I'll call them, the the high school buds. So, uh, so Ace, uh, we were going to wait for you to get back. Morg is going to lead us off with our five through one. So, you guys could have mm. kept going. But first, before we, no, even we didn't start, want you to miss it. This has proudly not been sponsored by After Eight's Orange Flavor. Ooh, <laughs> is that a tea? They're actually, quite tasty. After Eight Mints. Oh wait. Oh. Are they something that actually is like sold in, in the United States? Or is I've this like strictly Canadian? Imported by Nestle Canada Inc. North York, yep, Ontario. Nestle Canada. Okay, yep. Yeah. It's an, it's a Canada exclusive. Sorry guys, you just don't get to enjoy um orange chocolate goodness. Alrighty. Where are we? Are we on our number five already? Yep, number five. <laughs> Pokemon Sacred Gold. It's really, really good. Okay. I, I can't get enough of it. It's a great port. They've, they've made it so that the HMs actually have types to them. Cut is a grass type. It makes sense because you're using vines or claws or whatever. And it specifically says vines in the TM description. Vines are a plant part. There you go. So it's it's great for that. Strength is a rock type yeah. move. Like they've got fighting type moves as, T as HMs. Half of the half of the HMs don't even need to be used in certain places. They've changed up the uh, the gym leaders. The levels are a lot higher cap. You can catch Pokemon from any region. 
It's just it's just so much better. It's great. I love it. It's better than uh, Heart Gold and Soul Silver. They're changing okay. a few things, and I believe that there is a mod that, uh, or at least an update that came out a little while ago, or at least that uh, Dreano mentioned when he was developing it, that he was adding the fairy type into the game. Not necessary, but it's great. At least it'll match up with Renegade, um, what is it? I think it's Renegade Platinum, yeah. Renegade Platinum might mm. actually be better, but I haven't had a chance to play it. All I know is, that's the one that I'll uh, I'll eventually want to be playing later on. Can't put it on the list yet. So, Sacred Gold for now is pretty darn good. Yeah, and if I get around my backlog, I do. I have been wanting to play some Pokemon mods after having watched a lot, a lot of solo runs late recently. You may so. like Vintage White because it's basically Pokemon, uh, like it's the fifth gen games, but they only have mm. up to three generations of game, uh, three generations of Pokemon. So fourth and fifth generations don't count except for. Certain evolutions for, like, the first, second, and third gen mons, those are included. But otherwise, most of the other Pokedex mons uh, from fourth and fifth gen don't show up. And the first, second, and third ones have been revitalized with new types and new, like, better stat um, setups and stuff like that. So they can actually be pretty, pretty good. Electrode's okay. way over-tuned, well, though. Just saying, if you we'll want to get one. All right, Sacred Gold, Pokemon Sacred Gold. All right, didn't you talk about that last year too? I think you did, last, you, a couple of years ago. I think I did mention it, yes. I did mention it, like, I think maybe a year ago, uh, but I didn't get a chance to play it. Having got a chance to play it now, it's great. I love it. It's just, oh, super duper good. Okay. All right, so Sasha, number five for you. Number five for me is Road 96. Um, mm. Yes, so Road 96 is about, it's like it's set in the 90s, and you are, it's like an alternate timeline. There's like a weird dictatorship that has gone down in the United States, and uh, teenagers are abandoning their families and escaping for the border on like a road trip style random generator as you move through different mm -hmm. levels. Um, so you get to play a random teenager. Um, you start at a random spot somewhere in the map. Um, you might have money, you might not have money. And you have to manage your hunger you have to manage your fatigue and you may or may not actually make it to the border and then when you get to the border you may not actually be able to pass and you yeah. get to do six i think you get six run throughs six attempts i remember you talking about a few of them and yep. you did get passed once right at least i only did not get through one time um yeah i got caught trying to hide in a in a truck crossing the border and I like didn't hold my breath and I got caught by a, by a dog. Mm. So, yep. But the rest of my run throughs, I did make it across the border. Um, 
but each time that you go through whatever attempt that you, whatever path you use to get across the border, that path is not available to you the next time that your character comes through because it like wises up the authorities to that option. Hmm. So you yeah. have to do a different option every single time. And then some of them are not available to you if you don't have enough money. Mm-hmm. Or other things. Yeah. Gotcha. Yep. So there were some things that I messed up, I would say, on my first like full playthrough of the game. I haven't done a second set of six yet because I moved on to other games, but I I think it is worth revisiting it at some point again. But I really okay. enjoyed this. I thought it was a really unique game. I liked the, like, yes, there are some um, predictable things. Um, there's only so much you can do with random generations. But what I really liked about it was choices I maybe had made with one character um, impacted another character, like maybe my fourth or fifth character in that whole story because yeah. of a choice that I made with somebody else. Hmm. And I like that kind of stuff, like impact in a game. Sure. Okay. Uh, all righty. Um, so my uh, my number five uh, it was Stray, a recent one that I played. Um, that you know I didn't expect. Like you think, like oh, you know, it's it's cool and cute because you're playing as a cat. Um, there was some real heavy uh, stuff towards the end of the game about humanity in general, because as you you're playing as this cat, you're realizing that you're in a post apocalyptic area. Um, humans are dead. They're all robots. Like I miss this on the trailers and stuff. I only really saw the cat with some weird robot companion. I didn't realize that all the people were just robots. Like I didn't realize that there were no humans. So um, there's this really poignant story about like the fall of humanity and how the robots are sort of like in in reverence for their creators, which are the humans, um, sort of emulating the life of humans because they really their purpose is gone because they served humans. But like now that they're free, they don't really have much else to do. So, like, they just kind of kept doing what they used to do, but then they eventually started having their own thoughts and beliefs and feelings and that kind of stuff. And you sort of learn that as this cat going through the game. And um, you, the cat doesn't, like, it was a good... It was weird because the cat was a good medium for not being so attached to everyone else's feelings because it's a cat. Why would it care? Right. Mm -hmm. So like it's still the main character, right? And you're still doing everything that you need to do to get through the game. But the cat, you know, you end up sort of having to insert your personality into the cat so that you can progress. And I thought that was really cool. Now the cat does have its own personality and stuff. Like there's this thing, you got to do all sorts of cat things like there's these paint buckets that you can knock off of shelves and that's a 
key component all the time, just knocking shit off of shelves. Like scratching all sorts the of rugs like, and the couches. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah, there's an there's an achievement for sharpening your nails in every chapter. Um stuff like that. There's a there's an achievement for dying nine times, which I didn't. Uh so I didn't get the achievement for having nine lives. I didn't die that much. Um but it's it's got it, it's basically a modern story driven platformer to a degree there isn't a lot of combat or that kind of thing you're mostly just sort of finding your path and figuring out what to do next and I'll be back sure uh it's just really good i the music was good the art direction was good like when we talked about the game award nominations and how it got nominated for art direction i was kind of like eh and then I got into later parts in the game and I was like, no, yeah, I totally deserved it. Uh, same with music. Like it's because I didn't have experience with it. I would say same thing about God of War. You know, I was like, really the music? I didn't really, eh. But then I got into to parts of the game where you get these crescendos and like, you get these like heavy pieces in God of War for the music. And I was like, oh yeah, no, no, that's why it was, that's why it was nominated. That's the stuff. So like, because you don't hear that stuff on the, on the surface level or on the outside, and Stray was very much once you're into it, once you get deeper. I fully believe that it had a good shot at Game of the Year. Um, a lot of people are like, ah, oh, I wasn't gonna win. I'm like, nah, I, I could have seen it winning, that uh, having finished it. And I will say this, and I, I I know, people are gonna hate me for this all the time, every day. Better than Elden Ring. Elden Ring's not on the list. Oh, I'm going to keep wow. saying it, guys. <laughs> Bash it. Bash it hard, man. Get rid of the normie, you know, normie vibe, you know. It's not mainstream. Ugh, forget it. I can't help it. I am tired of the FromSoft formula. I have been tired of it. Like, not my thing. Sure, you can say that, but I don't think Elden Ring did anything spectacular over anything else this year so stray was my number five which means the the other ones have to have done a lot better <laughs> mm-hmm. um so morg when he's back and not morg ace when he's back uh we'll we'll pick up on his uh number five but morg let's just go ahead and move on to your number four i'm gonna have to give it to legends rcs because oh boy this this was the Pokemon game that I feel like everybody needed at a time when it finally came out. It it broke the formula. It wasn't your um, stereotypical turn-based strategy game like all the mm-hmm. other conventional Pokemon games were. Um, like the combat system was drastically changed compared to like what the old games were like. The method of which you caught Pokemon was very refreshing. It was super duper different i like the fact that you know you have to use that you can use bait um you can use different types of balls that are not conventional to the normal ones that you usually would go for um honestly it was it's just it just felt like a much better pokemon game like i feel like it's i i think it actually might be better than uh violet and scarlet based off of the way that i've seen violet and scarlet play i think arceus is probably 
best by differentiating itself from you know like conventional pokemon games like it 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 stands apart as like its own thing and they did a wonderful job of it honestly i think it's great including like all the the different evolutions that do not exist in other games like uh like these sort of like uh uh how would i describe it they're kind of like dead species i suppose if you'd want to call it that or like extinct species where they do not exist in in the modern Pokemon world, but they existed in feudal Japan, and, like, I guess they just, they all died out, and or maybe, you know, like, the methods by which they evolved, like, don't exist anymore, because they're not necessary for certain Pokemon evolutions. Yeah. Legitimately, one of my favorite Pokemon, Cleaver, is mm. one of those. The, the rock evolution of Scyther. Yep. Like, Cleavor is a really good one. I like that uh, Stantler has its own evolution based off of a unique move that only exists in Arceus. Um, same thing with, like, uh, I think it's Sneasler. Like, uh, mm -hmm. just a cool concept altogether, like making oh, another fighting oh, poison yeah. type, but it's actually, like, it's fast and it's powerful. It does lots of damage. It's... And I like the the use of, like, all of, like, the ancestor characters and making it so that, uh, like, you know, they kind of pay homage to um, uh, a lot of their, like, descending characters. Like, there's, like, what is it, the chef who is also a, secretly a ninja, Wally. I, 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 think mm -hmm. it, I think it's Wally, right? Like, um, from Gen 3, the sickly kid? Uh, I am not sure, because I... I my mind goes blank on any sort of mainline Pokemon from Gen 3 all the way up to Sun and Moon. Sun and Moon is when I start memorizing what happened in Pokemon again. Like, and like, yeah, like the, the professor is like the descendant of like this general or whatever that is like, um, you know, is super prejudiced against Pokemon and, you know, is like very fearful of them. And then like later on in his line is all about like, you know, exploring Pokemon and like even like, you know, works on, you know, the Pokedex and stuff like that for Gen 4. Uh, what is mm -hmm. it? Uh, like his assistant who I think is a lieutenant. I can't remember the captain um, ends up, you know, like her descendant down the line ends up becoming like the big villain in in um, Diamond, Pearl and Platinum. Like Honestly, I just I just yeah. like the use of all these different characters and the way that they portray their uh, the ancestors of all the characters that we are familiar with. And the fact that they have like one of the train conductors, like the train one of the train brothers actually falling backwards in time with you. Um that was a cool easter egg. Um yeah. Yeah, like honestly, uh, I I I just like the concept of like Pokemon actually being feral and dangerous, I and mean, it being portrayed in such a way where you have to sneak around them, that you can get ganged up by them, that you have to be cautious, and yeah, like they will attack you. They will attack and not you. your Pokemon. Yeah. yeah, or like if you get into a battle, you can get ganked by like a huge group of Pokemon at once. They're not just going to tag you in like in a one-on-one -on -one match. It it just. Oh, it's it's perfect. I love it. It's it's the perfect Pokemon game for me. Honestly, I really really enjoy it. Especially like discovering all like all the different ways that you have to evolve your Pokemon and, and like mm -hmm. completing your Pokédex. Um just phenomenal game all around. Like I really loved it. Like I dedicated so much time to playing that game and it was Oh, yeah. Uh I don't have enough words to really describe just how amazing of a game it is. Like, 
that's why I would say it's definitely better than, like, the current games that I'm playing right now, even the modded ROMs. It's just excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Oh, I forgot uh, to Sasha, mention the you're... mechanics. But yeah, yeah, anyways, yeah. Yeah. Uh, number four for you. Number four for me was Norco, which was, I think that got nominated for something at the Game Awards. Um, Norco was a surprise for me. I mm-hmm. downloaded it from Game Pass again um, because it looked like one of the classic PC point and click games. Um, but, yeah, I remember, I remember this now. Yeah. Yep, yeah, but done, you know, like with with current gen in mind. So I booted this game up and ended up like it just sucked me in. I think I beat it in in a couple just a couple of days. Um, mm-hmm. So you in this one are again. I'm not sure if you're a person or if you're AI of some kind, because your mom mm-hmm. was this like engineer um, who worked for a company that after she died is involved in some conspiracy. So it's it's very cyberpunk almost, but not quite in that. It's not a cyberpunk universe, but it weaves science fiction in with fantasy and um, supernatural stuff. So you are initially trying to investigate the circumstances around your mom's death, even though your mom was really sick. Your mom had like a cancer and... Mm. You think that initially that, you know, your mom succumbed to this long illness, but you come to find that your mom had downloaded her consciousness to this computer drive. And one of her friends, um, an, another older guy who worked for the company also did this. And they their bodies have long since passed but their consciousness are living on in these hard drives but the files have become corrupt this is where like Mm. the supernatural and um sci-fi stuff starts to weave together but what Mm. i really liked about this game and why it was so high up on the list for me is it deals a lot with grief um after a loved one passes, like doing things after like for somebody after they've passed because you didn't, you didn't do or say things to them when they were still alive. And it's kind of like your way of dealing with that grief. And yeah. Yeah. Um, I did not expect this game to make me cry, but it did. Uh, and it, it has some nice, uh, clever funny things in the dialogue that uh lighten the mood a bit uh, i've got a really interesting fun achievement for recruiting my mom's dead body into my party <laughs> um, interesting i also made a cat explode because i pet it so much that it got so excited that it exploded um oh geez yeah so <laughs> it 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 was uh, a really nice change of pace but it also was a beautiful nod to like the PC 
point and clicks of the 90s. Like, it felt like a Gabriel Knight game. Yeah. That is but. really cool. The minute that you mentioned, like, the transferring a consciousness into a hard drive, that I was immediately just starting to think of the movie Chappie, if anybody's ever seen any, like, Blomkamp movies. Has oh. Anybody, has anybody ever seen those? No, I haven't. Oh, God, no. yeah. Chappie is such a great movie. It's, like, about, like, um, uh... A uh, robot with um, an AI that is like so highly developed that it actually is a conscious being, and um, mm-hmm. yeah, like it, it. I can't really give too much away about the movie, but it's it's a really really good movie. I highly recommend anybody watching it if they if they like sci-fi, where there's like um, oh. I don't know how to describe it. Like, um, uh, they're movies that are very sci-fi, but there are elements of like humanity and moralism in them that, um, makes people, um, feel, I don't want to say grounded, but like, it makes people, people feel a little bit more connected with like good moral concepts, like, uh, the way that the stories are told in those movies. They're, it's a, it's a definitely a phenomenal movie. Better than District 9, I'd probably say maybe Elysium is probably my second favorite, but I would say Chappie is probably number one out of the, all the Blonde Cat films. Definitely something okay. that I connected I, with when the, the minute you mentioned that um, in the video game. I will say, as far as like downloading a consciousness into, into hardware and stuff, uh, that little robot that follows you around in Stray is a human that is downloaded into that robot. So... That's like one of the things too in that. That's really it, cool. It's just, yeah, and yeah, the stuff he says and the stuff that he learns about himself because he doesn't know who he is. He just know he is one. Uh, used to be a human. Um, the stuff that you figure out from him and the stuff he ends up saying are kind of the emotional like heavy hitters at the end of the game. So I won't say more than that but yeah to 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 not be so spoilery and i guess i should should have said this last week and i'll say this now we could potentially could be spoiling these games we are talking about tonight um i really spoiled bayonetta for someone apparently and they had to stop listening so i did give my husband the heads up that when he gets to the bayonetta part to skip 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 (laughs) yeah 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 yeah, cause I but it, it, those parts were really impactful to me, so I wanted to talk. Yeah, I. I feel, well, I don't think yeah. I spoiled. I don't think I spoiled Norco. Um, there's still a lot no. of the mystery that you need to figure out. Um, yeah, yeah, it's good though. I really, yeah, I really recommend it for people who like um, point and clicks. Okay. I think it would be very impossible for me to be able to spoil Legends Arceus because I think Legends Arceus was probably one of the reasons why everybody was really excited for Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. And honestly, anybody who is a Pokemon fan probably has already played Legends Arceus. Wasn't that your game of the year last year? I don't no, remember. No, no. Mine was Tale of Arise. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But Arceus, I feel like we talked a lot about Arceus. 
Yeah, yeah. Arceus came out in January. So without further ado, my number four, Pokemon Arceus. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, I agree with everything you were saying, Morg. We are actually putting it at the same level. It is number four. Um, to, to add on to what Morg, you said, I agree with everything. I thought that everything that they changed was great. Uh, to me, I feel this should be the future of Pokemon. And that's, yes, why I was so excited for Scarlet and Violet. Now, I, I loved Violet, don't get me wrong, but it needed to be, like I said last week, it needed to be at that level of what Arceus did. Mm-hmm. It needed to have fully embraced those ideas. And having learned about how they developed, because Violet and Arceus were not developed by the same team, and they were actually developed at different times, and there were some idea sharing, but by the time that, you know, Violet was uh, like, by the time Arceus came out, Violet was already set in stone on what it was going to be and what it was going to do. So it wasn't going to have all of Arceus's ideas. Mm-hmm. And so the next Pokemon game, I hope is another Arceus. Uh, Cause if they, it isn't, then they're going the wrong direction in my opinion. And I think many other people's opinions, um, it is what got my excitement for Pokemon back. Like, sure, I played Sword and Shield when they came out, but I played them for a week, and then I was done. And that's what I've been doing with Pokemon since Gen 3. Mm-hmm. As I was, I'm in for a month at most. I get through the Elite Four. I maybe catch all of the, all of the Pokemon. Like, I, I started doing that again in Sword and Shield. Um, I make my bug team. And I move on because no one wants to fight me or as many times as I try to fight someone, I'm going to lose because they're all bugs, but it's just funny to me. Um, because of Arceus, I tried to make a bug team in Arceus. It was too hard. It was actually too hard for me to make a bug team in Arceus. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought about doing it in Scarlet and Violet again, because that is just sort of the identity I've taken on as a Pokemon trainer. Is this the bug trainer? Um, I couldn't do it. There was not enough interesting Pokemon in Scarlet and Violet for me to do a bug team. Like, Snom and Frozmoth would have been the two. And they're from the same evolutionary line. Like, I give no shit about whatever that cricket was. Low kicks or whatever. His, <laughs> like, I just don't care. Like, he was like a dark bug. And I... Whatever. Oh, what about that uh, scarab beetle? Or no, sorry, uh, it was like a dung beetle. I think it there, was there the one is, with the psychic a bug, orb. Yeah, there is a bug psychic one. I think I probably would have been, uh, I would have gotten to that one. But by the time I found that one, I'd already had a better one in my brain, which was uh, Bramblegast, mm. like the grass ghost. Yeah, I was just like Bramblegast. That's that's my boy. Like I can't like. I, I'm sorry, dung beetle, not really my kind of bug type. Like, get me Beedrill, you know, Volcomoth, which Volcomoth is in this. Volcomoth mm-hmm. is in this, but I didn't, I just didn't attach to it. Like, I just, there, Volcomoth for me is not a super big high up on my list bug type. Uh, because my favorite bug type is Centiscorch or yeah. Scorchipede. Or yeah, one, that, one one's, of, that one's a really good one. Yeah, Centiscorch. And, that's a fire type and I don't need Volcomoth anymore. Even though Volcomoth was a pseudo legendary at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like, RCS, um, yeah. Oh, I, I want to see that Pokedex come back 
Uh, they that Pokedex was much more detailed than any other Pokedex. You actually felt like you were researching the Pokemon mm-hmm. versus like, oh hey, now that you've caught it, we'll tell you everything we know about this monster. You're researching. Like, no, that's not that doesn't like the Pokedex started getting entries and they were your entries. They were your physical writing according to the game after having caught fifty electrodes like like or so you you walked so ash ketchum could run with his pokedex exactly yes but i mean like that's the thing about arceus is is that you're the one who is out in the field you're the one who is documenting everything firsthand you're the one who is basically the pioneer exploring this this new land and you're, right. you're out there t- actually discovering everything as opposed to the Pokedex literally being some, you know, 14 year old kid who is just a lazy ass who decided to Google everything and then copy paste somebody else's work and then slap it into their report and say, yeah, I got it done. Like that's literally what, what the modern Pokedex does. Yeah, And that's, that's something even as a kid, I didn't like about the Pokedex because it's like, why would I know everything? Like, aren't you, aren't I researching? Po- like the game tells you that you're discovering Pokemon and then you get out there and like, what the hell are you talking about, kid? We all know about these. Like, look, I, I've got like seven of these things right here. Shut up. Like, yeah. <laughs> and we're just like, but professor Oak, but. <laughs> and that, like, that's like one of the things that I never really liked about like the, like the modern Pokedex is that, they already have all this information like readily available. It's already been collected. Like yeah. they already understand like the behavior of these animals. They already know about their habits, their habitats, their food sources, where you can find them. And like you don't even have to catch the Pokemon. Like the po- you just have to encounter them the one time, and then the Pokedex just automatically has the areas where you can catch those Pokemon, whether you caught it or not. So I mean, like, I don't know, man. So like, it, it just sounds like it sounds like Arceus retcons what the function of the Pokedex is in all of the earlier games because now yeah. now the Pokedex is a tricorder. Yeah, because yeah, the yeah, data already exists. Exactly. Yeah, but they tell you it doesn't, and that's that's the disconnect. Well, that's like so every Professor game... Oak can hang out with your mom. Like, get out of here, <laughs> kid. I thought that was Mister Mime. <laughs> Anyway, well, you know, yeah, I mean, like Professor Oak, I mean, like, you know, he's he's probably, you know, that that new husband, you know, you know, he's looking around. He's like, oh, hey, Ash, uh, uh, you might want to you might want to get down there, you know, get to that Pokemon League, you know, I got a I got a a creek to fish in, you know, you you know, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, know what I mean, know what I mean. And then there's Ash like, I don't know what you mean. I'm 10 years old. I'm just going to go and do this thing for you. And he goes off and then there's Professor Oak running over your mom's house going, he 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 getting come cookies. So, but I mean, like, seriously, like the way that Arceus did it with the Pokedex, it actually makes sense because it is your journal. Like, like what Fortuan Mm -hmm. says, you're the one who's doing all the research. You're the one who's documenting everything going on. And every, all this information is being discovered firsthand is the best way to do it. And I'm kind of sad that they didn't do it in, in. And I love, I love just cracking a Pokemon in the back of the head with a Pokeball and catching it. Like, that's just hilarious to me. Surprise like, attack, yeah. Just, because, like, I've always wanted, because, like, Ash didn't fight every Pokemon in the anime. Sometimes he's just like, oh, poor Bulbasaur's lonely. Here, Pokeball, 
get in the Pokeball. We're friends now. Like, I, you don't get those moments in the game. No. You have to beat the shit out of Bulbasaur, stuff him in a ball, and I he's your friend. Like, I don't want to live the Charmander episode, though. Like, that... <laughs> No, 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 no. You don't. That was a bad yeah. one. No, I don't that's... need that. I don't need that. But but Arceus was the closest to that experience that they have ever had, where you didn't have to fight something to catch it. Yeah, like you you could you could just lure it in and just throw the Pokeball, and it's like, yeah, I'm okay with this. We're cool. You yeah. gave me a Poke treat. We're good. Like. And, like, like, a lot of those monsters that you had to catch, like, they all had different behaviors. Some of them are super aggressive, and they will literally just hunt you down to the ends of the earth. Other Pokemon have defensive tactics. Like, for example, Mr. Mime, you can't just throw a Pokeball at it. It'll just throw up a barrier, yeah, and you can't do anything about it. You have to ambush his, it. His Mime barrier. He's like, eh, and then the Pokeball just bounces off of it, and you're like, I see you, Mr. Mom. I see what you're doing. Like, mm-hmm. it was such a good experience. Now, the problem, the, the one, there's two problems I have with this game. And it, it is partially why, it, you know, it deserved, for me, number four on the spot was a hard place to earn. But, you know, the other games are above it for a couple reasons. One of the reasons, there are some shortcomings. It wasn't like a super emotional connection like some of the other games were. But it was such a well-executed game. Um... I will say the main town music, I swear to God, I would have blown my brains out if I listened to it any longer. Like it was so monotonous and repetitive and dumb. It's like four notes that just drone on and people are like, oh, but it's an homage to this thing. And I don't care. Give it seven more notes, please. Like give it some sort of like (laughs) harmony or something. Like, it was the most mind-numbingly stupid theme of a town I have ever heard. Like, I actively did not like that theme. Other music, great. Other music in that game, fantastic. The main town theme, when when you're in the town, annoyed the hell out of me. And then the other part, I would say, is it's a little glitchy, but... um, uh, that didn't bother me as much because yeah, I played Violet and it full on crashed five times. Yeah. Um, uh, I will say that other things of Arceus is I am not familiar with that generation of Pokemon. I have no attachment to any of those Pokemon. Uh, I basically made a team of uh, what was the Alpha Pokemon because I could. I had a Rapidash on my team. Because Ooh. I happen to kind of like Rapidash. Um, I just didn't connect. Like, where it's failing is where Violet picked up. I felt so awesome having the certain the Pokemon on my team that I did. So much so that I made, like, a whole art piece of, like, the, the different ones. Now, granted, my art isn't great, but yada yada, it's, it's out there. I did it. I made my myself with my team because I loved the Pokemon I had in Violet. Like, they were cool. They had personality and stuff. I have no attachment to any of the Pokemon I had in Arceus. Like, not a single one. Like, I changed my team up so much. And it's not anything against the Pokemon in general. I think Cyndaquil's cool. I really like that I had a uh, Rowlet that turned into a grass fighting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, that was there, always cool. There are cool. I love Cleaver. I talked about that. I had a Cleaver in my party. 
Um, but that was it. Like, I think it was the Rowlet and the Cleaver and everything else was just meh. Like I didn't, it, it, I needed it to be a new generation, which is what I was hoping for, for Violet and Violet obviously didn't live up to Arceus. So I just, I can't help but imagine what if Violet had been like Arceus and I had got, got the stuff like the Backscalibur and the Skeletors and the stuff that I played with, like I would have been, this could have been number one, like, but there are things holding it back now. Maybe not number one because my, my next three are pretty heavy hitters for various reasons. So that being said, uh, I, we still don't have ace, the, um, kid stuff going on probably. Mm-hmm. So Morg, we'll, we'll move on to your number three. Alrighty, so for my number three slot, oh, you guys are going to hate me for this one. It's chess. <laughs> okay. I can't I help it. I love about... chess. You know, you the, can... The new, the new table that you were talking about that you could play with everyone around the world and stuff. Yeah, I, I get it. I mean, like, I, I currently have a game going on right now. That I have yet to finish. And it was a random one that uh, my girlfriend and I actually just started playing where we were just kind of moving the pieces around. We weren't really taking anything and we were just kind of just doing our own thing. We weren't fooling. We weren't like doing like a Queen's Gambit. We weren't doing like a Budapest Gambit. We weren't doing the London opening or anything like that. Like we were just playing a game for fun. But are you just chess flirting? Like, hey, move this pawn. And then she's like, hey, move this pawn. Just flirting with Jess. <laughs> you could say that we both like to be stimulated intellectually. <laughs> but yes, um, God. honestly, like it, it's just such a fun game to get into, and I love even like watching other people's games. Like I don't know, I don't know if I'm just a freak in that nature where like it's just where I just kind of no, you know just I, really I don't think that enjoy makes you it. a freak. It just you're just a fan, man. Yeah, I mean, like, I've I've come to realize that, like, Morphe in his time was a phenomenal chess player, especially uh, the one game where he was fighting, where he was playing against two aristocrats, and it was during an opera game where he finished the guys off in 17 moves, which is pretty darn fast. It isn't, like, it, it's not a scholar's mate where it's, like, three or four moves, but, I mean, like, the mm-hmm. way his execution was just like to the point it was very blunt he just went at them he was willing to sacrifice pieces but the orientation of his pieces like the positioning of his pieces was absolutely crucial for him being able to finish off his opponents in 17 moves and very very quickly there were a couple of mistakes that the 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 two guys made because obviously they're not in each other's heads and you know mm-hmm. they're not in sync and playing to, you know, their benefit or whatever, or playing proactively in, in the game. But it was a really good game nonetheless. And then you've got players like Capablanca, you've got uh, Magnus Carlsen, you've got Gary Kasparov, you've got Anatoly Karpov, you know, like you've got like big grand master names. And like a lot of these guys were, um, you know, holders for the title of world champion at some point. And, their their methods of playing the games are completely different. Like Anatoly Karpov is all about positional chess 
and suppressing your opponent and co slowly constricting them, not necessarily by eliminating all their pieces, but by eliminating any and every advantage that they have in being able to place pieces on the board without them having to sacrifice a piece and lose out on really good trades. And then you look at Magnus Carlsen, he's pretty good at, in positional chess as well. And Gary Kasparov is more about, like, you know, like, flashy plays, about, like, you know, um, uh, sacrificing pieces in order to be able to smash through your opponent's defenses and then just hit them hard, and then you've got other people, mm -hmm. like, oh, let me see, uh, Capablanca, who was able to, like, literally just reverse sweep somebody, where they were in a place where he was very, very close to getting checkmated, but yet he was so still somehow able to maneuver his way out through good positioning and utilizing his turns effectively and making his opponents um, lose tempo in order for him to be able to get a win. There's, mm. yeah, like... Chess is one of those games where there is... Obviously, there is a lot of chess theory and a lot of good principles and, you know, a method to it where people have seen, based off of how many games have, have played, and this game being well over 200 years, being that popular yeah. since the 1800s, there are a lot of documented moves and a lot of different positions and a lot of different ways for you to be able to play where, you know, a lot of people will say, well, this is the one move that is highly recommended based upon accuracy of good position and where you can take yourself from point A to point B, so on and so forth, how many moves it'll take to actually get ahead of your opponent. There's that. But okay. with each of these grandmasters and also world champions, they all have a particular flavor to their style of play, which makes them incredibly unique. And it also defines like the their way of being able to look at a situation and process that information themselves and come up with their own solution to be able to get out of a hairy situation or to gain advantage over their opponent and just win the game. That's why I love You're chess right. so much. It's because it's very thought-oriented and it's really, really fun to play. Oh my gosh. Okay. All right. Chess it is uh, for for uh, Morgs number three. Ace, uh, I know you were gone a while. Do you want to hit us with your number five and then we'll we're kind of pepper you in to catch you up? I mean, I can do five and four. Uh, yeah, you can do that, and then, and then we'll uh, we'll do Sasha's number three. All right. So number five was Jedi Fallen Order. Okay. Yeah, that's Very, a good one. I forgot I even play it played it too, just because I don't know. I guess this year was a lot longer. Long. Than it yeah, felt. It felt long. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, there were things, a lot of things that was going on for me this year that made it feel very long. So, well, no, I, yeah. I'm saying it. That makes it feel longer than, or seem longer than it actually felt because, like, I forgot that I even played that this year, and then uh, mm -hmm. my number four is the Horizon games because I remembered I played okay. Forbidden West, but that that part of my brain did not remember playing 
Jedi Fallen Order and Horizon Zero Dawn just because apparently it's been that long. I thought I played those last year. <clears throat> yeah, I, this this is also why I've been documenting my game of the year journey all year, so I wouldn't forget. Um, mm-hmm. But I was in no danger of forgetting anything five and down, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, Jedi Fallen Order, very good. I like I like Cameron Monaghan's portrayal of Cal Kestis, and I like how uh, mm-hmm. the story intersplices with you know, the Empire and then him going through and living through Order 66 and what happens with him mm-hmm. between him and his master. Yeah. And then his sort of journey with, you know, PTSD and then coming th- coming to the realization that he sort of has to try and carry on the Jedi Order himself. Yeah. Yeah, I see this, this is a... a... This is this is kind of crazy to me because, for me, the the movies have fallen very flat in these years. But the stuff like Fallen Order have done really well for me. Like I really liked Fallen Order's story. So, oh, I love all. I'm excited. I mean, there's definitely things that I would have done differently, but like, I enjoyed them all for the most part. Like, I will be the devil's advocate and give. Uh, rise of skywalker a pass because i mean i would say they did the best quote-unquote that they could with what they were given just because you know it sort of seems like they had a very loose roadmap of where they wanted to go and then uh they didn't do the groundwork and lay it down very well to bridge off of that and then J.J. Abrams came back for the final one to try, tie it to better, together the best he could, and I think he did all right, considering. Um, yeah. I maybe wouldn't have done Palpatine. I maybe would have just had <coughs> Kylo Ren go full dark side and embrace that side of himself. Or, but, or what they could have done was they could have taken Jar Jar Binks... And they could have made no. him a proper <laughs> Sith Lord, like as was intended from the very beginning, if George Lucas wasn't such a nutless little bastard. And if he actually stuck to his guns and didn't pussy out, little bitch should have done it right from the get-go. Darth yeah, Jar Binks the, could have been a the thing. the TV show. Mm-hmm. So, order. Uh, and would you like? What would you like to say about Horizon? We'll just say Horizon because you did both both games this year. I mean, Horizon is awesome. I mean, it, it it's definitely it's gonna was, get played. Definitely was I, every time. I point to the backlog. It's there. Yeah, to me, it was definitely like a different an amalgamation of several like sci-fi slash apocalyptic games uh yeah obviously definitely has like the terminator slash transformers vibes with the uh deadly robots that fight against you and you have to take them down and you can actually hack them and control them to certain extents um it's definitely interesting sort of having the uh doomsday ai sort of like a 
uh, worse version of what HAL three thousand or whatever from Space Odyssey. Oh dear God! Yeah, but like yeah. on a more all encompassing global genocide spectrum of that. <laughs> yes, all of humanity needs to go. Yeah, because Morg, I don't know if you have heard me talk about the game before, but the uh, main antagonist of the first game is Hades, which is a uh, AI segment of the overall project. Uh, Gaia, which was part oh. of Horizon Zero Dawn. So it was determined that because of uh, Ted Vero's monumental fuck-up of creating a uh, AI that could self-reproduce itself and uh, drew energy from living beings uh, and did not have a back door to shut them down, uh, it was determined that there would be no saving current humanity. Um, They could could escape to bunkers, but they would obviously not live forever. Uh, So it's like, what, it's like a full 500, 1,000, somewhere in their years after everything goes down that the story takes place, somewhere in there. Yeah. Um, So all those humans are very much dead and... Uh, it's a very very interesting story in the first one and then uh, the second one plays off of that and is sort of like I mentioned before setting up a, a strange final part I guess which I don't know how they would necessarily defeat it with uh, it sort of being essentially described as a disembodied form of hateful destructive energy yeah so. mm-hmm. okay yeah horizon all right so, horizon feels like it's like one of those games where uh i don't even know what like what kind of genre it really would fit into it kind of kind of kind of, action it kind of feels like yeah but i mean like oh sorry i meant for like the setting like it almost kind of feels like it's like like got elements of like primal mixed with like almost like a cyberpunk style game where it's like tribalism meets sci-fi yeah i would say it's a lot like uh a western meets like a techno noir well not techno noir just like a sci-fi sci-fi aspect um okay mm-hmm Okay. Definitely a good game, though. Mm-hmm. I'd definitely recommend playing it if you haven't already. Oh. I'll get there. Yeah, my brother's got it, so it's... I'm going to have to borrow his copy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, after Deathloop. It's the next one, and I am dragging my feet as much as I can on Deathloop. But... <sighs> Don't do that. <sighs> uh, just, I'm sorry. My... Friend got it for my birthday, twenty twenty two. Oh, now yeah, you my birthday. Now you feel obligated to play it, don't you? Oh, I've he's been pressuring me to play it all year, and I have not. And my birthday is coming up in what is it? Eight days. So we're coming up on a full year. 
just blitz through the game, you know, just find an easy walkthrough, just strategize your way through the game, just streamline the experience, try and get through it as fast yeah. as possible, be like, oh yeah, I remember this part, and this part, and this part, and this part. So, uh, so, Horizon Forbidden West, and Zero Dawn, uh, for number four, and then number five was, um... Fallen Order. Fallen Order. Yeah, I was trying to think of its name. Cal- I was going to say Calestis, but Fallen <laughs> Order. Um, so, uh, Sasha, uh, you're number three. Number three was the last new game I played of the year, and I was so pleasantly surprised with it. Um, it's called As Dust Falls, and mm-hmm. it is another Game Pass game. And it is now I've never played Detroit Becoming Human, but I was told when I was describing this game to somebody else that it is similar in the like branching choice paths, changes your Mm -hmm. storyline consequences, like certain certain story arcs are cut off if you make certain decisions. Um, Right. But this is par for the course for your favorite kind of game. Yeah. Mm. So um, this one is. Also a period piece. It's set in the 90s, but it jumps back and forth between um, the what happened in the 90s to current time. I think it's like 2000, I want to say like early, early 2010s is yeah. present time for um, the time the jump. Game. So yeah. in the... In the beginning, you are following this little girl and her family who are on a road trip. When you control the characters on in this part of the path, you play as the dad. And on their road trip, they're moving from California to, I think, Missouri. And they stop at a hotel in, or a motel in Arizona, and the motel gets... Um, that motel is robbed by three brothers who take all of the people at the motel hostage. And then mm. it switches narratives to one of the three brothers. And it goes back a little bit earlier where they try to rob the sheriff's house and mm. they're trying to get away. The sheriff catches them or sees them driving away. So they stop at the motel and they take those people as hostage to try to like get out of this situation that they're in. So you keep switching in between one of the brothers and the dad. And there's three chapters for the first act. And by the end of the first act, everything that is going on at the motel is resolved. And then in the second act, whoever has survived is now progressing through to their either escape or capture. And the little girl is an adult. And so she's dealing with the aftermath of the choices that you make and the consequences from the first act in the second. Interesting. That's yeah. awesome. Okay. And it is another one that like, I was, I was weeping when I got to certain parts. Um, Cause it does deal a lot with grief. Um, my first run through of the game, I, I messed up and one of the parents died. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I'm currently in my second run. Both of the parents are still alive. I don't know what's going to happen, though. We'll see. 
We'll see what happens. Um, but it sets up for possibly maybe another, a second game. Um, is mm. at the end of the second act. It has a bit of an ambiguous ending. Um, I could see it. I could see there being a second game. I don't know what they would do with it because I don't. I don't think it would have anything to do with the original hostage situation that goes down in the nineties, but I can see it having mm. to do with now the, the adult girl who has to deal with all of her feelings and emotions from that. Yeah. But this game got me really excited again about like these types of story narrative choice driven games. So I ended up downloading um, life is strange, true colors. I downloaded, tell me why um, haven't, pick them back up yet to play yet but that those are my next games on my docket yeah i still need okay. to get the life is strange series it's on uh well true colors is on game pass so i downloaded yeah, that I for free that. and then if you're into life is strange you should check out tell me why because it's i think it's by the same developers but it's along the same type of lines of game mm-hmm. yeah okay so what, what was that called again? As Dusk Falls. As Dusk Falls. Okay. Interesting. Alrighty. Um, so my number three um, is not inside of my normal genre of games that I like to play, uh, which is a essentially feels like dead genre at this point, which is RTSs. Um, and that is Starship Troopers Terran Command. Huh. Uh, I was very hyped for this game. Uh, talk about space operas, Starship Troopers, uh, one of my favorite movies, um, both for its satire and just, I just kill sci-fi killing bugs. Like the only good bug is a dead bug, and that all of those themes and all of that satire and all of that is just surged into every moment of this campaign, and you are you are playing various. It is straight up an RTS. You are building troops. You are building an army. You are protecting bases from large swaths of arachnids, and you've got new arachnids to deal with. You've got every single kind from the movie. You've got tankers, which I figured out they actually call them tankers in the movie. I was like the so when I say tanker, we're talking like the big one that spewed fire out of its mouth. I remember people. those, yeah. Um, you have the plasma bugs that shot like their stardust into the air that d- like directed comets towards like planets and stuff. Um. So you've got to nuke those and like you have all those lines. The only good bug is a dead bug and nuke that bug hole soldier and stuff like that. Um, you've got you're dealing with every level of satire of the uh, the militarism there. There's literally a unit that you are forced to use that is not as good as your other mechs. So like, you actually get the full mechs like the full like and they're they're tough. Like they'll take out swaths of uh, of enemies. Then you get this more expensive, weaker one that you have to protect, and you have a unit that can't fight that has to follow it. That's a camera crew, so that you can do this propaganda campaign saying that we're winning the war. Like it is just there is some awesome moments in this campaign that are like 
This is Starship Troopers. This is the most Starship Troopers than than anything that has come out since that movie. Like this, everything about it, and it was fun. It was a fun game to play. I did everything available to me at that time. There, I've seen a couple updates since, but I think they were bug updates. I don't think they were content updates. So, uh, but at one point, I had done everything. And now I don't think I'm going to be playing at a harder difficulty. Just playing the normal difficulty was good enough as far as like difficulty. But like you had flamethrower troops, you had, um, you had weird electrified battery troops that had like, like really good guns that were really good at taking down like the arachnids and stuff, but they were shorter range than your normal riflemen and stuff. So like you had to really like the unit, diversity was huge and it, they were all very good for different you had shotgunners you had rifle troops that had shotguns as backups when they had to reload like you had uh grenades you could customize your units all units leveled up and stuff like as far as an rts go it's probably one of my favorite rts's i've ever played um and it's very mission based you're not like so a lot of rts's i normally have played and we're talking like my favorite is something like Warlords Battlecry. We're talking like 1994 to 1996 level of RTS. Like, of course, that's when they had their heyday too. You know, there's not a lot of 2000s RTS unless we talk about Halo Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Command and Conquer and Tropica were still around in those days too. But, um, like, it, it was just there was just like everything that it needed to be. Uh, was there and if we had done this on bickering bucks I'd call it a 10 out of 10 just like I called Jurassic Park a 10 out of 10 like it, it, everything this game sets out to do it accomplishes and breaks your expectations like this game was so well executed and so well done I don't feel like it's short I feel like I just poured a lot of hours to it into a short amount of time like mm-hmm. I just blew through this game um I am definitely looking forward to any DLC or sequel they do. This is a high priority on my list of, you know, keeping an eye on this game in the future. Um, Yeah, it's just, it's so good. And it was interesting because a lot of, uh, a lot of the type of games that I play are a little more open. Like you're just placed in a map. You have a general objective of just win, take over the other person's base, yada, yada. All of these are com- extremely mission-based. So you are you're like, you have three riflemen. You have to get to the extraction point. Live. And then you'll maybe get some more backups or be able to build something along the line. But you had you had maps where you had no backup. Like, you have to, like, make it through with three units. Uh, and units were groups of units, I should say. Like, a, a, a unit of riflemen was, like, 12 soldiers or something. But they moved as one. Uh, you had to worry about line of fire, which is something that was in the movie very much like, mm-hmm. you know, get out of my line of fire and stuff like that. Like that was a very big thing in the movie. Like um, you have to worry about positioning and how far away you are. You had to worry about positioning for, against the bugs because sometimes you'd have to fight. A, uh, you'd have to fight what they just called the warrior bugs, which you see in the movie all the time. They're just the, the ones with blades on their yeah, the ones that, like, step around and they've got, like, the big jaw and that's literally all that they are. They're, like, jaws with, like, the big spiky legs everywhere. Yeah. 
yeah, so you had those, which you had to worry about very much because they will tear apart a unit really quick and they were close combat. But then you had bombarder bugs that were sitting back there and then you would have to fight them within that range. So you'd see this little warning because you could see where they were shooting and you'd have to like mi like mini move, mini manage your units to like spread apart to let that thing hit. Okay, but then close back up because you uh, or um, spread apart and fan out so that we can shoot all these bugs or, you know, like have this guy move, but they can't shoot while they're moving. Right. Because they're running. Right. And very few units. The only units that could fight and run were the mechs. And that's why they were probably some of the most fantastic units. Um, you had references to about every movie character you had, um, you know, Rico is of course a big one, Johnny Rico, because uh, you end up you end up encountering Rico's roughnecks. Um, but Rico, I think, is long gone at this point, or maybe you don't see him. Um, but yeah, you get some of his Marauder mechs, is what they're called, the Marauders. And um, yeah, it's just it's so good. Um, I recommend this game to anyone who's remotely interested in the series and can enjoy an RTS to any level. Um, I don't know if it's on anything else other than PC, um, but I played it on good old games. I know it's also available on Steam uh, if you're into that. So, yeah, Starship Troopers Terran Command. Uh, I was really excited for this, and I played the shit out of it. And I will play it some more if they got some more stuff. Um, so there we go. Um, Ace, uh, number three for you. Number three for me is Monster Hunter Rise slash Sunbreak. Okay. Yeah, I mean, even though I put it at six, I am still replaying it with a new character with my friends from high school. We are in high rank. We could just hit HR5. So, mm -hmm. and we are with the goal of hitting Sunbreak content. I'm wearing nice. bone armor. Wow. That's what I'm wearing. Wow. Holy crap, you've gotten that far with bone armor? Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. doesn't bone armor have a part breaker? Part breaker one. That's yeah. why I'm wearing it. It's the first part breaker that was available to me. And I haven't switched off because I haven't seen more part breaker. You know me too well. Part breaker king. Eh, there will be more coming along. I mean, once you get into like the Rathalos armor and later hat and part yeah, of it. We yeah, we just got into five star which is the second star of high rank and i think we're just going to start seeing more parburger but yeah so sunbreak yeah we've we've all talked about it so what what made it so high on your list i mean except for sasha sasha didn't i've talk just about it. overall enjoyed monster hunter rise and sunbreak mm -hmm. i've had a lot of fun zipping around Mm -hmm. Climbing up on the walls, running up the walls like a ninja. Um, I will say, as a comment, it looks beautiful on PC. I normally don't care about that kind of stuff, but it looks so good on PC versus the Switch. Although I will say, the Switch has better loading times, and I don't know why, but mm -hmm. it does. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited to uh, see how it looks on Xbox since we got the Series yeah. X. Oh yeah, maybe, it's also coming to PS4 maybe, and PS5 too. Uh, can, yeah, so I might. We'll see. Maybe if they we have are it on thirteen days away. Yeah, maybe if they have it on PlayStation Plus, I'll add that as well. 
I don't think I necessarily yeah. need to pay another 40 bucks for a game I already have. Um, I did. I did. But maybe, maybe, Sasha, we can uh, work on doing co-op play and progress together. I think <laughs> that would be very fun. It we'll doesn't see. help. It, it doesn't hurt to have a Sherpa <clears throat> in this game. That's that's very, very part, very very important to introducing people to the game. Sometimes just having help because it can get complex. Um, mm-hmm. And there are fourteen different weapons to choose from. A lot of different ways and to if, play these weapons too. Yeah, mm-hmm. and if you find you don't like. Certain ones you can always default to what a lot of people like to joke of as easy mode and go with the long sword. Some people call it the weeb stick. Yeah, because it's a katana. It's a giant katana. Mm-hmm. Now um, I'm gonna go full weeb. It's more closer to a naginata than a do a katana, but they do call it that. Yeah, I mean, I there's a reason why I used it a lot in freedom unite i mean it's just really snappy and quick to use at times and yeah highly evasive mm-hmm. yeah. great less, positional uh, weapon less cumbersome and risky than the great sword especially in those older games dude so i've been playing like i said i've been playing on pc i tried i tried playing with every other weapon i really did like i was like nope i'm not going great sword i'm not doing it I went went back to greatsword. I cannot help it. Like I, my brain is so wired to greatsword. Oh yeah. I just. <laughs> I mean, Rise and Sunbreak have been my most weapon diverse game because they've just made them so much more accessible. Especially Hunting Horn. Like Hunting Horn was never something that I would frequently use in previous games, but they since they changed their way the round changed around the way that the notes work it's a lot more fluid and i mean you don't have to memorize and or have the notes pulled up for certain songs because it lets Mm -hmm. you know what they are so you can just combo into them i mean potentially that would have been nice in previous games if they did just have the the note sheets up on the screen so that you could execute them that way but I mean, yeah. We'll see. Maybe they'll return to the old way that the the hunting horn played, and maybe they'll have the notes up on screen so that you can just have them there to for your own reference while you're playing. Yeah. Well, and I don't disagree. It's a fantastic game. It's just I I know you listened ace but i just have to reiterate that end game just really pissed me off and i can't yeah I afflicted mean... I, I i remember it now afflicted monsters like i just yeah it is I, we'll it see. Is. yeah i think my only gripe everyone. with i think my only gripe with the game was that the dlc featured a lot of either fire type monsters poison type monsters fire type monsters with poison the, this didn't feel like there was like enough diversity. I mean, like I feel like Violet Mizutsune could have been an electric type, 
Or they could have changed up Silver Rathalos, and that way he incorporated ice along with his fire. That'd be a cool idea. Or they I mean, I would rather I would rather have just them just added Zamtrios if they wanted to do ice. Like I, yeah. they could have done that as my, well. Like, I really, I still that sticks in my craw that they really teased some larger monsters with the smaller monster version of them. Yeah, and Ravios, they just didn't connect, or they could have had oh, a whole bunch. There of are, them. there are nine. There are nine now that have a younger version of them in the game. And not an older version. Yeah. Like I don't know how they did that with Gravius. Gravius has never not been in a game with Basarius, but here we are. Mm-hmm. Tears rise and sunbring. And that's just a that's just my ecology brain just like not enjoying this. Like that's well, not a stick on the game itself, but um We yeah. do have some unknown monster coming up with the next uh expand well not expansion, uh Update. DLC batch. Yeah, I swear yeah. to God, we got two two more updates coming in 2023. We've got one this winter and one in spring. So we're going to probably see it probably end of January. We'll probably see the next one, maybe February, and then we'll probably see it in March. And I'm probably, I'm I'm guessing. So Eric's put a video out. Uh, I don't know if you guys watched it, um, but I still occasionally watch Eric's videos on Monster Hunter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. He said this, and and I agree with him that I think that this winter, not the winter, but the spring update they're talking about, the second update this year. Yeah, I think that's the last Sunbreak update we're probably going to get, last major update. Yeah, I don't think we need any more um, than that. I mean, like it would have been nice to have seen a Gen Five Vespoid Queen, but I mean, like, uh... yeah, I had, I had so, I had so many high hopes for some. Well, I mean, the, they start off grand with a great monster variety, but you're right. At the end, they sort of went to some fire and poison. It was just like, yeah, you want I fire? Mean, you want poison? You want fire? The, you want poison? I feel like that's like literally the only two options that we had were fire monsters, poison monsters, and more fire and poison monsters, or monsters that had weapons hey, that dealt you know fire what? in conjunction with poison, like... I, um. What was it? Uh... I didn't say this when, when when we talked about this for when you know when you and I both talked about Sunbreak last week. Yeah, I getting, know. Getting getting Espinus. I don't care that it's fire and poison. It was right? a cool like, I don't care. Yeah, I love uh, regular Espinus. Is getting, phenomenal. Getting Espinus not only is my new favorite fight. Period. Like. Oh yeah. Period. It opens the floodgates of a dead Monster Hunter franchise with dozens of monsters that we have never fought outside of that oh. series. Oh. That, that, and I would love to see those floodgates continue to stay open and for us to see all those monsters that we have never fought uh. because we didn't feel like impersonating a Korean social security number or, yeah. you know, whatever they needed. Like, what was it? There was a there was a monster that it kind of was like a giant leech thing with like a projectile tongue, and it like drains the blood of other monsters and stuff like that, and it can like utilize their abilities and stuff like that. Like what is it? Oh, I can't remember what it was called. But there was a what was it called? There was a Piscean one that d- just just uh, regurgitated stuff at you too. Like yeah. there was all sorts of crazy ones. Yeah, uh, there's a giant turtle. 
There's a giant turtle monster. Yeah, we've it's, never seen a turtle monster. I remember like, it's like it's supposed I want to be, a turtle. It's supposed to be like apparently supposed to form a trio with like Yukon Los and um, a Cantor. I think it is. It's like a desert one where it's kind of like this yeah. big orange, like reddish orange looking turtle thing. Yeah, and it looks like a giant fortress. That thing looks really cool. But yeah, that one wanted, that uh, sucks blood. Like, I want the scorpion. I want the, the scorpion. scorpion. The crystal a... scorpion was a cool idea too. Um, I'm still trying to yeah. remember the name of the vampire sorry, monster sorry, thing, sorry, whatever, sorry, like the I lamprey with like the tongue where it latches onto um, like Iapres or like Genprays and whatever, and then it it, it was... drains their drains their blood, and then it like uses like beam attacks that are like either matches the elemental or status um, effects of like the monsters that it fed on. I'm trying to remember what it's called, but uh, oh, I it's don't know. It or something like that? It might be La, La Viente. Let me see. Uh, hey, yeah, that's that's a Google thing. Like I, Those don't appear in our, our, our Guess the Monster stuff, because they, yeah, it's Frontier. I mean, Which we, off of the, we do have to finish that. Yeah. Off of the T's silhouette, a lot of people are thinking that it's going to be Valkana uh, or a Valkana subspecies that is coming in. Oh, uh, no, it's not okay Laviente, but Laviente would have been a really cool monster to fight, like a giant serpent dragon thing, whatever. I oh, mean, it's, that's yeah, what that's, that's what, what I was, was. Talamadur yeah, would have been a great one, tusk. too. Like, oh, man, like Talamadur, Shengao Ren or Yamatsukami, like those are great monsters that um, they could have incorporated into Sunbreak because they're so big and, you know, like they almost function as like their own terrain and in a way that I mean, Zora Magdaros only the, wishes that he could have done. I but, mean, we um, got the tower back, so I mean, it would be awesome if they could actually delve oh. into that and include more of those specialized arenas yeah. and fights. Yeah, I would I would no, like to see yeah. specialized like arena fights and siege battles, like more stationary siege battles, not the ones where you have to, you know, go from point A to point B and stuff like that, but... Yeah, yeah. I think I think they tried to get away from the stationary siege battles with the rampage, and then they saw that nobody liked that. So then they went back to, uh, they immediately just tried something else with Sunbreak. The companion yeah. system is really so, good. I will so say that playing with playing with my buds just recently who haven't played Sunbreak, they're like, oh yeah, why aren't we ramping up our weapons? Because like. I guarantee you, ramping up your weapons means nothing in Sunbreak. Like, nope. it's not even worth your time. We're just, if you want to blow through, we're not ramping up weapons. It's a waste of time. Like, yeah. we're not, we're we're doing the two, literally two required rampages. Or, no, three, sorry, because you got to do Ibushi. Um, because you got to do the first one, then you got to do Alpha, uh, Alpha Azur, Azurus, and then you got to yeah. do... Or Apex are I'm gonna call them Alpha because yeah. Apex and True Apex, Apex this is not it. Uh and then which thank God, that was the worst mechanic ever. <laughs> um and then uh then you have Ibushi, I think. And I think those are the required ones. But yeah, so Monster Hunter Rise, Sunbreak. Um I don't want to belabor on that one too much longer. We've talked a lot about it. Um Great monster roster. Great, great stuff. Um, I'm glad it's higher up on your list, uh, Ace. It's just I'm salty with the afflicted monsters. I really am. It's not for everyone. I mean, I definitely get burnt out just because they're 
tuned up and that much more difficult and kind of a slog at times to get through. So I understand. Yeah. I haven't even downloaded the last title update on the Switch. I've just been playing Base Rise with my buds. Like, so, <gasps> Morg. Oh my god, I just thought of something better for uh, Violet Mizutsune. Sleep bubbles. Oh, and you always find that Mizutsune is always sleeping anyways. Um, and, like, it just... Uh, oh. So, uh, so Morg, let's move on to your number two. Okay, so my number two, we're, yeah, we're just gonna, uh, we're gonna digress from that. For my number Re- two... Reel it in. Reel it in. Um, yeah. it, this is actually a card game that I got for Christmas, and it's really enjoyable. Okay. It is called, and it's made by the guys who do Cyanide and Happiness comics. The game is called oh. Trial by Trolley. Have you ever, have you ever oh, heard wait, of this game? I- Yep, no, I thought you were saying. I, th- I I thought you were going to say joking hazard. Oh, oh, joking hazard would have been a great one, but I mean, like, I didn't get my hands on it, so I can't say that I played. Trial by okay. Trolley is a really, really fun game that you can play around uh, around a table. Where okay, so you have you have two teams and you have a conductor, and the person who is in charge of being the conductor it changes from turn to turn, so each person gets their chance at it, and based off of like which. Uh, which trolley track, uh, which side you're on, that's the side that team has to protect. And so what'll happen is, is that um, there are like a number of like things on the track that the conductor has to either make the decision of who to hit and who not to hit. So you'll have like the classic, like run over one person or three people. Yeah. And you'll have like a number of cards where you'll have a bunch of good things. So like, you know, you'll have like, you know, that person's grandmother or, you know, uh, their high school crush (laughs) and they find out that they're secretly like them or whatever, or you could have bad things and you could put the bad things on your opponent's side of the track. Like, you know, like, uh, uh, the future leader of the next Nazi party or, uh, like a terrorist that's trying to like uh, weaponize uh, um, smallpox or, you know, like uh, that guy who invented the worst flavor of ice cream or, you know, like that one person who's been shit talking of you about you in high school. And then like on top of that, yeah. then you can have all these bonus items like um, like added effects. So modifiers. So you can make it so that that person's, uh, you know, their high school crush, they secretly don't like you. Or you can make it so that, uh, like, the the next leader of the Nazi party, um, he's uh, secretly a time traveler that's actually gone back and trying to try and save the world from a worst-case scenario by being, you know, the leader of this new party. Like, you can literally throw anything and everything on this track, and it's up to you to try and get it so in that way um the conductor doesn't run over your track and if the conductor does run over your track you get like a little death token and so you can either play it to like a number of rounds or you can play it to like a certain number of death tokens and then whoever has the fewest wins um okay honestly it's just really fun game to play around the house you know it's a really fun party game i couldn't recommend anything better I kind of wish that there was an online version of this because it would be really, really fun. I, I'm sure that it, that you can find a mod on Tabletop Simulator for it. I'm positive oh. Tabletop Simulator has just about everything. Oh, if they if they have Trials by Trolley, I would love to play that. That would be so fun. 
I, I won't boot it up now, but sometime, Morg, if you remind me, I can check for you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'll keep an eye out for it because if it does there exist, is... I'm playing it. There is. It's not any of the card games, but there is a uh, Side Night and Happiness video game that's out. And I know it's no. on Switch. No way. Mm. Okay, now I'm gonna have to look this up when I get the chance to. I'm on my PS4 right now, so we will see. Okay. All right. So, uh, trial by trolley. Yep, trial right. by trolley. Okay. All right, Morg's number two. Uh, Sasha, you're number two. Mass Effect Legendary series. Oh, Mass series. Yep, I, I just bundled them all together. Um, I played. I played through one and two, and part of three this last year. Um, it was everything I dreamed it would be a not broken version of mass effect one yeah um got the nice facelift to the mass effect three mechanics mass effect two felt pretty much the same um it's already a perfect okay. game how how do yeah. you how do you beat mass effect two it's phenomenal yeah it is a perfect game i agree mass effect three feels the same i just i lost steam just because Mass Effect 2 is the best of the three. And Mass Effect 3 is a bit of a downer. So It's the one where yeah. no matter what you do, everybody dies anyways. It sucks. Ugh. I mean, Worst story ever. Op op open for interpretation there. but Yeah. But it's okay. still a bit of a downer. So I, I had shifted gears before I finished that one. I went back to it briefly, but... I don't know. I feel like I just uh, I peaked with Mass Effect Two, and yeah, I mean I feel like it's an experience at once, and you don't need to. Yeah, I, I know what's gonna happen. Yeah, infiltrator class for the win. Oh yeah, I Me. love. Well, it depends on. Uh, look, that depends on what difficulty you're playing on, because so I, when I played through Mass Effect. Uh, one, I played through as Infiltrator. I was playing on Hardcore, or, yeah, like this veteran, veteran. And then, um, but if I'm going to play on Insanity, it's Sentinel class. You, oh, wow. You have to play Sentinel class. Because the heavy because armor, you and, get, yeah. you get tech and biotics. That's, yeah, so. I'm going to have to give it and a try you get a good, And you get a good gun. So it's it's Sentinel for insanity. Trust me on this one. Okay, I'll give it a shot uh, when I do my next playthrough. So funny enough, second time tonight, my number two, Mass Effect trilogy. Uh, so, um, two matchups uh, today, both both by me. Uh, I played Infiltrated <laughs> through all three, uh, and I sniped yeah. exclusively through all three. I used a sniper. Um, this is my first foray into Mass Effect. Uh, I tried to play two, two, two times before, like we're talking 10, eight years ago. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, I, once I played one and actually had context for what two was, two was good not not it, more than no, it's perfect it's perfect it's a great game. Oh, okay you gotta I'm, stop what i'm the trying collectors. to say the the first time two times i tried mass effect 2 
I gave no shits about anything or anyone. I had no context. I didn't know what was going on. Like, because I didn't play one. I had no context, right? Like, so once I gave myself the context of playing through one, then I was able to, you know, get hooked into two. And I agree, two is the best one. Like, two is phenomenal. And three is good but it that is a letdown of an ending even with because i never saw the original ending oh i i never saw the the original ending was uh, pick a color any color yeah and then i got what i both times because like i had to google okay so how do i do because mass effect 2 i didn't save everyone the first time i played through and then i was like hold on i'm going back because uh people were kind enough to tell me to keep a save before you go on that mission um and you can't let morden die in mass effect 2 <laughs> no don't uh, yeah he was the one who died by the way he was the one i had one person died it was morden and oh. i was like uh i'm like you gotta go then, back and take him with you <laughs> yeah no so like i redid it it took me another two or three hours for me to go through it again um, which wasn't too bad. And then uh, Mass Effect 3, I picked the the wrong ending, uh, quote-unquote. Uh, I then went back and replayed it, which took me another two or three hours. And then I got the right ending, because uh, I, I Googled that one. Um, but the I'm not normally into those kind of games, but I do enjoy shooters to a degree. So the gameplay was 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 well enough that i just sniped through the whole thing it was fine it was fun uh mass effect one i had a couple broken quests um that was a little not favorable for me in the beginning but and it was a little frustrating but two ended up clearing up a lot of but the reason why and i think sasha uh and i agree on this you can't have one and two like they and three, they separate. They have to be a cohesive unit because they're sa- all telling the same story, essentially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the punches and like two trying... are are contingent on one. Yes, and it, it's the same way for something like Star Wars. You can't talk about the Empire Strikes Back without it having ties to both Return of the Jedi and A New Hope. Yeah, like you, there's. It's not a complete story. It is a complete movie, but there are contexts there that you're going to miss not knowing Ho- New Hope, right? Like, yeah. And that's that's kind of what I was trying to do. I was trying to invest in Empire Strikes Back before I knew who Luke Skywalker was, is essentially what I was doing. and Or Darth Vader, or anyone. I was just like, so Seth Green is a pilot. Like that—that's about where I knew where I was going with that one to begin with. Um, I very much enjoyed it. Uh, I very much—it's uh, um, it, crazy because I've always hated. I like that there are, are romance things in games at times. I think those are cool. We don't do that. You don't do a lot of that in video games. Like doing romance options in video games seems like a normal thing sometimes these days, but like. A good love story in a game is few and far between. Well, Bioware does it best, for sure. 
God. Oh, I actually experienced really decent, healthy relationships in Mass Effect. Far more than anything else. I will say that um, Fire Emblem has these, right? Mm-hmm. But I hate, I hate how Fire Emblem does it. Because it literally does the fairy tale and they lived happily ever after because you just picked a girl at the end. There wasn't any buildup. There wasn't any, like... There was a couple times we were like, maybe I like this girl. Nothing comes of it. Next time the chapter ends, maybe I like this girl. And you could choose a different one, and it doesn't matter. And then the game continues. And then you get to the end of the game. Maybe I like this girl. And then that one matters. And then none of the other ones mattered before. And it's like literally just like a, you get a different ending screen. If they like you enough. Which they most likely do, because you probably interacted with them. If you were trying at all. So it was a much better believable arc. I had only seen this once before in, in Dragon Age 2. Uh, Dragon Age 2 is the only Dragon Age I've played. Um, now, I will say I really want to remaster for Dragon Age so I can finish Dragon Age 1 because my Dragon Age 1 on PC is broken. And I think I can't we'll, get past. we'll probably get it after 4. And I don't want to replay Inquisition until a remaster because I just it's not a it's not a can't get hooked thing because it's not as connected as Mass Effect. It is literally it feels like I'm playing Mario 64 at times like I just I can't. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, the PlayStation version apparently is very bad. Oh, um, I was going to say, I feel like Inquisition holds up. As far as, like, I, the controls? I, yeah. Like, I, maybe, I, maybe I wasn't in the right mindset, but I picked it up and put it down real quick. I, this year. That's how I, I felt with Path of Exile on console. I was like, that is the worst experience I had ever had playing an RPG. I was like, no, oh, never playing really, this on console. I don't have any complaints about Inquisitions. Like, I don't any know. of it, the dialogue is true to bioware uh formula yeah, the combat I didn't is get very... pretty smooth i think it i thought inquisition's combat took origins and two and found like a really nice happy medium yeah i mean i like origins combat now that i played it on pc but i can't finish it on pc yep. so I... um so that being said i'm waiting for remasters or some sort of update for me to be able to finish origins and then i'll skip two because i played two and i don't need to replay two and then um go to inquisitions if i can but that being said i played the mass effect trilogy for the first time this year uh i find it amazing i'm looking forward to dragon age 4 because of this Mm -hmm. um i can't wait for dragon age 4 it's gonna be it's gonna be so good yeah so taking time off uh, for that I finally understand the the something that my friend Brian's been telling me about years uh, for Mass Effect. Like I've, ne- but the problem is I always like space has always been a barrier for me. I don't normally like sci-fi in space. Like I just I don't know what it is, but like that that is a barrier to me. But this like I get the memes now. I love 
a lot of the characters that that are there um especially i don't remember his name right now but he's the policeman uh the first one he wears blue oh uh, okay i think are i you found about a boy. garris garris there you go garris i've never heard anyone refer to him as the policeman <laughs> oh my god okay <laughs> Okay, fourth one. Yeah. I just thought of I thought of a, one. I thought of a way for you to be able to enjoy the experience. And you know what? I think I'm gonna actually make this a series. Okay. Now the important question I have to ask you is: Ross or Chandler? Uh, Chandler. Neither. Okay. I'm very much a Chan- Chandler person. I'm gonna play Mass Effect as if it was like the series Friends, and I am going to play as Chandler. Okay, Chandler I can being. can tell you that Renegade Shepherd is is not the way to play the game, but it is the most enjoyable way to play the game. <laughs> and we are going to make yeah. friends in space, <laughs> and it's going to be awesome. I'm even going to have an intro for it where it's literally so no one told you life was going to be this way. Okay, so if you're playing as Shepherd as Chandler, then who who is your romance option? Uh, you know what? That's actually going to be a really Who's the Monica of the team? Uh, you would ha- Monica would be uh, gosh, what's her name? She's the the one with the tattoos, or are you thinking of no, Miranda? No. Miranda? Miranda, Miranda in Mass Effect Two. Yeah, that would be the that Monica. is definitely yeah. Already, okay, yeah, yeah Miranda is Monica. Monica. Yeah, okay, so I'm then what you have to do all. in one? So in one. What you need to do is you need to start to romance Maga Barbie, Ashley, and then yep. let her die on Vermeer. Okay, perfect. Yep. yep. Okay. So I know who's going to be my Ross. Yes. Yes. This is going to work out really well. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. This is going to be awesome. Oh, now, I may be a di- I may be a dinosaur nerd like Ross, but I do not have that crippling social anxiety that he does. I am definitely a Chandler. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, so number two for me and Sasha, the Mass Effect trilogy. Um, so Ace, you're number two. That's going to be Stray. Uh, we didn't hear anything you said. Uh, your audio working? That's going to be Stray. Stray. Okay, cool. I quite enjoyed, well, I haven't finished it yet, but I've quite enjoyed running around a, uh, domed over city as a cat and a a, uh avoiding those weird little grub parasite things yeah that that look like a a bloated tick essentially yeah Yeah. um i i don't know if you heard because you were away but that was my number five so Uh, i think we yeah we touched on that before i left okay okay Cool. All right. Uh, anything else to say about Stray? You just really enjoyed it? I have enjoyed what I've played of it so far. I haven't gotten very yeah. far because I've branched on to other things, mostly on Switch just because it's more mobile than yeah, with the a, baby. Uh, console yeah. Heart- on a TV. <laughs> yeah, it took me a long time to get off of playing wii u when the kids were born like i i played a lot of wii u because of the portability and then it took me until i think 
gosh, I don't even remember what I started playing. Maybe it was Call of Duty Black Ops 3, which was like mm-hmm. a, almost a year after CC was born, before I played something on the console, a little more involved. So. Makes sense, yeah. yeah. Okay, so Stray, number two for Ace. Uh, so we are down to our number one. Number one pick for the year, Morg. Well, it should be no-brainer. It's going to be... Xenoverse. Xenoverse and Xenoverse 2. And the reason why I'm putting those two together is because on the PlayStation Store, I found a deal for both of the games for $17. Wow. Where I know, and normally for Xenoverse 2, if you were to get the full game by itself, it's like $80 up here. So I'm like looking at it, I'm like, I get two games, and for Xenoverse 1, you can transfer your character over from the one game over into the other one with a whole bunch of a lot of its stuff, like all a lot of its features, including like its armor, an accessory, and some of your specialized moves that you had to get in. In um in the first game, the hard way, you can transfer them all over into the new game as a new playable character. So honestly, uh, Xenoverse One, it's it's a good classic game. It's nice to come back to it and and play it again. But I'm really really looking forward to being able to pick up Xenoverse Two and to get through the full story. And I know for a fact that it ends at uh, the um, in these. Uh, I think it was the black. Uh, yeah, the Goku Black arc. If anybody's okay. ever uh, kept um, up to speed with like Dragon Ball Super, probably not many people. Yeah. Nope. Well, anyways, yeah. So you have to deal <laughs> with like an evil Goku, hey. whatever that was body swapped with like uh, an evil Kai. And, um, yeah, literally has, mm. like, a chokehold on the Earth or whatever, and Future Trunks has to try and, like, use, like, uh, uh, Goku and Vegeta's help to try and stop them. Um, yeah, honestly, it's a really, yeah, they're both really, really good games, and there is still, even to this day, is a lot of, like, competitive play of, like, 1v1 matches on Xenoverse 2. So I'm really looking forward to finally being able to play Xenoverse 2 and get, like, a golden Frieza form for my Frieza character. Mm-hmm. although I kind of okay. wish and I really wish that I could like mod my game so that way I could get like the the modded Frieza transformations so that way I could start off with mm. like a little Frieza mini Frieza mini or whatever it is have them transform all through all the different stages kind of like as Frieza does but um yeah yeah unfortunately that's not a feature in this game unfortunately yeah you just have to get like the the specific armors that you slowly, like, you know, gradually get into and you can purchase as you play through the storyline. But all in all, I would say that, yeah, these two games are by far my favorite, especially being able to get into, like, specific timelines and stuff like that and fix all the corrections. Like, in Xenoverse 1, I didn't think that they would mess up the timelines to the point where, like, uh, when the Saiyans, like, Nappa and Vegeta come to Earth, well, in, in in the screwed up timeline... They they're both still alive, but they are in their grade eight forms. And Goku comes there, 
everybody's already dead because Vegeta and Nappa have already killed everybody and he stands no chance against them. So you have to go back and you have to fix everything for them. There's another timeline where, like, Raditz managed to break free of, like, Goku's hold of him and then the special beam cannon that Piccolo fires at Goku, kills Goku, Raditz finishes off Piccolo and Gohan. Like, yeah, there's a whole bunch of, like, really awesome stuff in these games. Like, really neat twists and turns that they took so liberties you're, for. You're- you're fixing the timeline to be like the show. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. You have to yeah, you have to fix the main timeline to correct everything so that way everything is streamlined and the way it should be. And in the game, yeah, there's so many fuck ups that go on in it and it, it's just oh it's so good. And with Xenoverse 2, they've included guys from like the non-canon Dragon Ball movies. They've included stuff from GT, Super as far as like Zamasu, but they also have like DLC content that includes stuff up to like the point of Terminator Power, which is like the latest that we have seen of like the anime series. Really, okay. really looking forward to the new anime that's coming out. Hopefully it has Moro the Planet Eater. Ooh, it's going to be exciting. Or even the Granola Arc. Oh, mm, looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm a big Dragon Ball nerd right now. Oh, I'm geeking out that's, really bad. That's okay. Well, glad you're enjoying it. Um, Loving it. Oh. Yeah, got a, got a good deal too. So, Dragon Blade Xenoverse, Morgue number one. Uh, Sasha, you're number one. Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. <laughs> oh, okay. I didn't expect, I knew that you'd play this, but I didn't expect this because, because you kind of got, you kind of just stepped away from it at the end oh, game. I'm but... back on it again. I'm Okay. Oh. <laughs> okay. okay. That is such a stark contrast from my choice. Oh, I love it. I... So it is the game I played. I put the most hours in. Um, my mm-hmm. like true achievements Xbox summary for the year says I put about 140 hours into Tiny Tina's Wonderland. Um, pretty good. <laughs> pretty good considering your schedule. Yeah. 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 Um, so I revisited it. I've been playing the DLC, which is basically just um, Quest Chaos Chambers. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a love hate with the chaos chambers because like I had told you the reason I stopped playing is I discovered that they're not random that yeah um, it's the same thing it's the same generated stuff all the same like loot curses choice curse choices everything is the same for chaos level 15 to 20 and yeah. so I've been Doing the DLC instead, um, I had to bump my chaos levels down because the DLC is considerably harder than the game oh. itself. So I bumped down to like chaos okay. level five to play the DLCs. Um, and I, I mean, they're fine, I guess. They're, I don't think they're anything to write home about. And I'm glad I waited for the season pass to be discounted Cheap. like 60%. To, yeah, nice. to get it. Yep. Um, but I I think that Tiny Tina's is a love letter to RPGs. Like I, I the whole game is RPGs, just RPGs, yeah. D everything. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah, just it's, 
there's a there's some Don Quixote in there that I really enjoyed at first, but then they did him dirty, and I, mean, I was I, like, no. I think I think just even more than than even RPGs, fantasy, um, you know, like the whole thing with um, Guybrush Threepwood and his, mm-hmm. like, I I just was constantly laughing. I I loved it. The dialogue was snappy. The all the little Easter eggs were so cute to find. Um, I I enjoyed listening to the Bickering Bucks episode, even though I was like, man, I feel like I know more about this game than they do. <laughs> I put way more time into it. Um, yeah. I got that Ragnarok sword, um, and I would not have even given it a second thought had I not listened to the Bickering Bucks episode and listened to Chauncey talking about how good it was. And I'm like, yes i got it i got the sword and i'm still using that sword (laughs) yeah the the one that breaks barriers because you can shoot through walls and it's a melee attack so it activates switches (laughs) um yes and it also is how i got a few of the loot dice that were like gonna be platforming nightmares oh fair yeah because that's how he did them Yeah, yeah and i you know i don't like platformers so yeah yep so I don't know. I I felt like it it deserved the number one spot. I put the time in. I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm not done playing it. I will get okay. Chaos Level Twenty, and I will do it myself. I just I've got to put some more time in. That's all. Okay. Alrighty, Tiny Tina's Wonderland. Um, yeah, I mean like. I gave I did not give that game a high score, but it's not it wasn't a question of the quality of the game. It was a question of the quality of the company I was keeping playing the game. And I think I've said that several times. Yep. Like well, as my... much as I very much because like those same two people who we had over for New Year's and I had a blast playing board games with them, but we are not doing that kind of game with them. Like that is just not I'm at um, the point now where it's just grinding, so it's a perfect game for put on Spotify play. Yeah. Oh gosh. Don't, don't talk to me about Spotify. I am like four weeks behind on podcasts. Now I was up to date for <laughs> years, for years, never missing an episode. And now I have not listened to anything like I, I don't know. I, I and I feel like I'm not missing anything. <laughs> honestly lately because i've just been and well big part of it is i've been talking to my old high school buddies while i play a game now like it's just i guess i'd rather do that than listen to other people be friends with each other (laughs) uh that being said you know listening to a podcast right now listeners i'm sorry uh please still please keep listening (laughs) but um yeah i've just been busy playing other stuff so tiny tina's wonderland uh number one for sasha so my my big number one uh i don't i don't know if you guys are going to know this one or not because i talked about it a lot early on but not too much lately and that's triangle strategy um Uh, i figured this was going to be on the list yeah it has to be It, it had to like it's been sitting it's the one that hasn't moved the moment i finished it finished it finished it i would say done the golden path um and finished the game it, it wrote it down this year as number one it has not budged 
Um, there has never been. Uh, let me let me think about this. I don't know, off, at least off the top of my head. I have not played a game this long. We're talking eighty plus hours. I finished the campaign and said, "Wow." And immediately loaded up a new save and did it again. Like, I have never done that. I am very much like, I, I need to move on. I've got other games to play, other things to do. This one was like, no. I am, I love this game, but I need a better ending and I need to do it again. Because, like, so what I ended up doing is I played the normal, my first playthrough on hard mode, I think. Uh, and then I did the second playthrough all the way down to easy mode so I could just get through the stuff quicker and see the story and focus on that more than doing uh, difficult fights, which I had already done. Uh, this is a strategy RPG, so we're talking... It's another one of my favorite genres that I don't play a lot, but, um, you know, we're talking Final Fantasy Tactics style of battling, um, the characterizations of everyone in this game are awesome. You are basically following a house, and we're talking like, yes, like a ruling house, like in Game of Thrones. Uh, you do have a main character, and he is heir to the house. He is not the lead. Uh, his father is currently the lead, but he is more or less waning uh, in age. Um, he gets sick a couple times, or is sick. Um, and you are betrothed to a Rosarian, which, uh, the Rosarians are a race of people who are all redheads and are shunned by the rest of the people in the world, uh, for this religious group saying that they basically caused all the problems of the world, essentially. Uh, and so they, all of the Rosarians live in penance of their sins, uh, except for this one separatist group that escaped. Uh, and this one Royal girl is betrothed to you. Um, it is an, it, it is not like, it, like, you know, I talked about a love story in mass effect. Um, this is depend. There are choices on how you interact with her and every other essentially member of the house that that aren't necessarily dialogue options as in more choices what you do with the campaign that affect the people uh like choices that like hey let's go do this let's go do this that i mean they are essentially dialogue options but what you're trying to do is when it comes to a big decision that you have to do you either quickly make it or there's these even bigger decisions that that he requires everyone's input and you and you say okay this doesn't just affect me. This affects the whole house and everyone involved. So we're going to take a vote. And you can influence people's votes before the vote by talking to them. And if you know the right information, if you found the right clues, you can sway them to your cause. Now, there are certain issues which people will not sway. And what you're trying to do is sway the other people so that there are more towards your vote. Uh, and some of these are very crucial. And when I say the golden path... There is a specific set of scenario which you can go through to basically get the best ending that you can get, um, which 
there's a there's a point in the game which three people have a different idea. So you have three paths before you. And all of these paths are like end game paths. Like things are going to change. There are bonds broken, there are you know friendships made in stone from this. Like this is important. And if you don't have the golden path, you actually will lose two people from your party forever. Uh, you will, and you are doing something drastic on all three paths. The golden path said, there's a fourth option and we're going to do everything and everyone's with you. Now, what I didn't expect is when I got to this point, I had a couple people, not a couple, I had more than a whole team, but you can only have so many people on your team at one time. Uh, and every unit, as far as a tactical RPG, Every unit, you know, you get unit types. You're like, you got your archers, you got your knights, you got like all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Every unit is unique. Now they may have some moves that are shared between the two, but they all have their own abilities, their own weapons, and that kind of stuff. You have three different archers in the game. One of them's a crossbowman. One of them's a longsbowman, and the other one is a sort of like a roguish assassin guy with a short bow. And they all do different things, different ranges, but they're all archers. You have three different spellcasters. You have one who does all spells. You have one that focuses on fire. You have one that um, focuses on like trickery magic and that kind of stuff. Like, like there's a wide variation of characters to unlock. You can actually unlock some of your greatest enemies and sway them to your side eventually. There's a character that only unlocks on the golden path who ends up being a very big thorn in your side up until that point. Um, you can unlock, you uh, you get virtues by picking different decisions. So like you, you have liberty, you have yeah, some other, liberty is the one virtue I remember, but there's two other ones. Uh, if you get a certain amount of virtue, you actually unlock people through that because they'll be attracted to those virtues. Um, and it's a really cool just great story and i did when i talked a little bit about a love story you're betrothed uh the resilient i don't remember her name right now but she is like your love interest in the game and it, it's your choice to you know treat her that way or treat her as an arranged marriage and not think anything of it like it's very interesting how you can interact with her and how that story can grow or not grow um based on what you do um, so yeah, it's, it's a very, uh, it's a very great story. It's a very great, uh, game. And I have never, again, I have don't know of a game that I have finished that is, a, you know, that long of an RPG and said, do it again, because I want to <laughs> see the golden path. Like, and it wasn't a short endeavor. I think I added another 20 hours to my playtime doing that. Like, I just, a whole nother 20 hours of, like, skip all the cutscenes. I know everything that already happens. But I had to make some decisions that I wouldn't have thought are part of the Golden Path. Like, sacrificing some things and doing some things. Mm -hmm. um, really great game. And if you like strategy RPGs, I highly suggest playing this game. Um, it, it definitely, I feel they really took a lot of notes from stuff like Game of Thrones in recent years. 
of like the sort of how interhouse warfare. I was going to say, looking at the art, it looks a lot like the illustrations in the illustrated hardcover Game of Thrones books and in the Fire Blood. Yeah, the art the style char- is the actually character art does. Yeah, yeah the the art style is actually really cool too. It's that new where they've done the, the HD lighting and rendering to 2D sprites uh, yeah. that, that that Octopath Traveler started. Uh, it's the same people too. Um, and of course I'm looking forward to Octopath Traveler 2 in, in February and I have not replayed one and I said I would. Don't think I am. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I just Octopath Traveler, I was in love with it since the moment I finished it and I don't think anything was going to supplant it. Like it's just so good. <laughs> like it was it was amazing. It was jaw dropping. And I was very disappointed to see it not up for many game awards because I don't think a lot of people played this game and it should have been played. Um by more people, in my opinion. Um I understand something like that is not a normal sell for Sasha. You don't normally do tactical RPGs. Ace, I could see you getting into it. Um, but I know that Jaycon uh that we've had on here a couple times, he's played it and he's been enjoying it. Uh, he's been taking a slower play. Uh, Morg, I think, is something you would enjoy if you get the time. Yeah, and budget. Yeah, Octopath is definitely one of those games. I I kind of like the like the concept of it. Like it kind of almost has like this sort of like two and a half three. You know, like yeah, two and a half D sort of element to like a like the way that it it yeah. presents itself. And I I'm very much a fan of the art style of it. Yeah, and triangles. Th- uh, this one, triangle strategy is very much in that same vein and they just put it in a tactical RPG. And I love Final Fantasy Tactics, so it, it worked out really well. So that's it. That's my number one. So Ace, what's uh what's your number one for the year? My number one I brought a visual for. Ah, Cult of the Lamb. I started it. Cult of the Lamb I have had so much fun with. It mm-hmm. is endlessly fun to play as a little lamb, running around, killing other cultists, Culti- yeah, other hooded cultists and creatures, and then recruiting innocent little animals into your cult to grow mm-hmm. your following. Uh, I also would like to show off my new little. Oh yeah, your Gengar. Gengar controllers that i got the other day i decided to treat myself they're the same same company uh hori that made the uh other pad that i had but i i like these a lot i think even more than those because these are more like ergonomically shaped yeah they're robust looking huh Um, but yeah cult of the lamb has been a lot of fun uh i still have not beaten the final boss. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a little bit difficult at the moment. Sure. But I've gotten close a couple of times, so I'm right there. I just need to work on getting the patterns down and preserving mm. my health and being a little bit more patient, I suppose. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's how I felt about God of War. Sometimes is like, yep, I died because I was impatient there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
Okay, Cold of the Lamb. I've been, I started this. I haven't played a lot of it yet, but it was fun. I've got, I've done like the first two outings, so I've got like three or four followers. Uh huh. Yeah, I'm up to like 20 something. Because mm-hmm. you need uh, 20 to open the gate to go to the final boss. Oh, okay. Um, and like, once you get to a certain point, money's just not an issue. So sure, that'll be nice too, because then you can just start. Because uh, there's a spider NPC who uh, catches innocent animals in a web, and then you can either buy them for like fifty coins, or he says he'll eat them. So. Mm. And wow. There's also uh, farming mechanics in the game too. Um, you can grow seeds for uh, flowers, for medicine, uh, pumpkins, uh, radishes, I think, or beets. Radishes or beets, uh, berries, and then uh, mm. you can. Yeah, I know also... about the berries. Yeah, and then when you when they. Uh, eat certain foods they are more or less likely to uh poop instantly and then you can use the poop as fertilizer um, <laughs> and uh, and oddly enough you can uh make a meal out of poop and oh s- there are certain times your followers will <laughs> request request it as a quest for you to uh make them a bowl of poop for them to eat I mean, I guess that kind of tracks with them that's, being animals. That's weird. Okay. There's also like a, uh, I forget exactly what it's called, but there's a meal that you can make that has like a 50-50 chance or maybe more of just instantly killing them. No. Oh. Okay. Yeah. And then there's like the uh, faith meter where like yeah. if you... If you perform certain rituals in your uh, church, it can increase or decrease it. Um, You can also increase or decrease faith by uh, completing or failing to complete those quests that the villagers give you. Yeah. Uh, There's also different uh, fleeces that you can buy for the lamb that act Mm -hmm. as modifiers for the game. Um, and then obviously there's like upgrades that you get as you go along too. So it's all just sort of a interesting, cute little involved, uh, dungeon crawler. Cause you go from room to room to room and then, yeah. uh, each run there's like one or two, well, maybe more, but there's, uh, rooms where you can pull tarot cards and tarot cards act as modifiers for your runs. So, like, yeah. you can get things like better damage, faster movement speed, faster striking speed. Uh, you can get extra hearts. You can get uh, extra resources, things like that. Yeah. So, it's pretty involved, and I've enjoyed it a lot. Okay. So, Cult of the Lamb, number one. I was up for a couple indie game awards, I know, but Stray mm-hmm. took them all. 
Yeah. Which I am okay with. Yeah. I am too. But all the Cold of the Lamb's fun. It's partially the the other indie game that I've wanted to try is the Vampire Hunter, the 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 Bullet Hell mm. that came out and it was nominated for a lot of things and I don't know. I just wanted to try it. Right. Okay, so Cold of the Lamb. And and that's our uh, games of 2022, people. Uh, it was a longer episode. Sorry if you uh, made it to the end. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> um, so next week, uh, I don't know what we're going to do quite yet. We did talk about possibly talking about movies of 2022. Or, you know, we'll find something else to do. Or just but, movies um, in general. I'm always down to talk more, about movies. Yeah, oh, take a definitely. little break. Talk about movies. <laughs> I mean, I need to talk about Violent Night with someone because I was the only one that watched it. Oh, I still need myself. to watch that. Um, I was gonna say we could uh, just talk about top five uh, horror movies, or just talk about five horror movies. Uh, you'll out of me, you'll get Violent Night, and that's not even a horror; it's like an action. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, it's a it's not a bad Christmas movie. I mean, like, then again, so is uh, First Blood. If anybody likes Rambo, it's definitely a Christmas movie. It's Christmas uh, trees. Okay, no. Die Hold Hard. on. Die Hard is definitely a Christmas okay. movie. It takes place in Christmas. Yeah, I'm on the fence on the Die Hard thing, but Rambo's too far. I don't know, Rambo's man. I mean, too... like, there are Christmas trees everywhere. Like, there's there's, like, snow. I feel... I feel like a Christmas movie has to involve Christmas in its theme. I don't know. And I think, I mean, I think, like, if, I think if, by if, that logic, then I think we could include Rocky Four as a Christmas movie. Oh, damn. Yeah. Yeah. We got to include that one as well. Just because he runs up a snow-covered mountain and then doesn't uh, he cut down a tree. Okay. Hold on, guys. Snow isn't a Christmas theme. Snow is a Christmas I, setting. I was using Morg's logic. I wasn't necessarily okay. agreeing. Okay. What about Joseph, King of Dreams? I mean, it's basically a biblical story. I mean, you know, we could totally make that a Christmas movie. Okay. So we'll talk about movies. We'll figure out what exactly. I can't talk about horror movies that much because I, I don't watch that many. Like, I can give you some recommendations. I mean, I saw Antlers this year. Ooh, yeah, that's a horror movie. That's a pretty good one. And then, what you else should, did uh, I watch? I watched something else should... Sasha told me to watch. Josh Barbarian? No. Oh, yes. That's the one you gotta watch. That's that's like my... That, that sounds, one of my favorites from the last that year. That one sounds stressful. I no! Just... No. <laughs> oh, not. how bad could it be? It's a treat. It's a treat. I saw, you should watch it. I saw I saw Antlers and I saw something else. Oh, Underwater. Also an excellent choice. That sounds I, terrifying. I yeah. I mean, it, it wasn't. <laughs> I was not scared by Underwater, but I don't have that water phobia that some people do. The, the lassophobia. Yes, I have it. I'm not yeah. watching that movie. Nuh-uh. You should play it's Subnautica okay. then. I play Subnautica no. because I like to challenge myself. <laughs> but I have control. You see, it's a video game. I, I can choose to dip my toes in the water and get eaten by a Leviathan. But when I'm watching a movie, nah, I don't have any control whatsoever. That's why I don't like those kinds of horror movies. 
Well, we'll figure something out. I don't think I can just talk about horror movies, honestly. Now, just, I will say... Just get, I, a, just get a Shudder subscription. I have one. I've had one for like a year and a half, and I don't okay, use I it. Okay, I can recommend you some stuff. Ooh, I can give you some now, homework for next I, weekend. I have it because of Blood Quantum. Like, Blood Quantum's the one that I've seen that I love. But The Descent? The Descent 2. Good start um, on, starting off point. Yeah, those yeah, aren't bad right. ones. Okay, stop with the whole horror movie thing for now. <laughs> no. I'm not sure we're going to go there. Horror movies are so fun. More. Aside from being anxiety attacks, More. they are so much fun. The Conjuring. Okay. The Conjuring 2. You could skip the third Conjuring. No, the Christian Avengers aren't that good. That's why I said to skip the third one. The third one was kind of like, Okay, really? I don't even think I finished the third one. I, I fell asleep trying to watch it twice. And I was like, it's just not going to happen. <laughs> I watched it. I was Yeah, I, I was going to say, that, falling uh, asleep watching a movie isn't isn't a good indicator of anything. Because I, I, I don't... I like hardcore Henry, but I fell asleep during the first time. Because I was just overworked and didn't have time. But... Uh, twice is a hard hard sell yeah. <laughs> hereditary yeah. hereditary yes but okay if you want like a funny b movie on an a-list budget malignant malignant God. is insane i mean <laughs> it's so funny because it's so bad <laughs> um then there's also uh i did see willie's wonderland but yeah. again Willy's Wonderland isn't necessarily that. I mean, adjacent. it's a horror movie. It's horror, adjacent. but it's horror comedy. Like it is, it is played as horror comedy. That's the Five Nights at Freddy's movie, basically. Too. Tucker and Dale yes. vs. Evil is great. That's another one you could talk about. I mean, this is literally my favorite movie, and that's who I went as is Halloween. So uh-huh. yes, but I didn't. It's not something I that was new to me this year. That's been a part of my life since I've seen it well, in like 2013. Talk about stuff that we've seen this year. Or we could just talk about movies in general, horror movies in general. Why I, do we have to go? I like there are horror. so many more movies <laughs> than just horror movies for me. <laughs> like I'm gonna pull up my voodoo now and be like, no, I watched this, this, and this that are not. Well, that's that's for next week, but I but I'm gonna look now, anyways. Anyways, so thank you guys all for listening and watching. Uh, we will catch you next week uh, with something with movies. We don't know yet, and I'm not committing to the horror movie thing yet. Don't. <laughs> something um, might happen. You never know. I know I'm the odd one out on on here with the horror movies. I know all three of you guys love them, but. I mean, I did talk about Lyle Loud Crocodile. That's a great movie. You can you can see you can show that to your kids. All right. My kid loves my kid loves Freddy Krueger. Okay, so I think we're well past Lyle Loud Crocodile. (laughs) (sighs) Whoa! All right. Um, Thanks, everyone. Uh, Be sure to follow us at Hunter Sub Pod on Twitter and here on Twitch and. You know, look out for the next episodes and stuff uh, through the Twitter. And then also join our Discord. Uh, if you want to follow Ace, it's at Ace Badger Gaming. And uh, we'll see you next week with some movie discussion. Hopefully not horror movies, but we'll see.
Hopefully. So, later. To Take care. Horror. <laughs> Horror. Horror. Roar. Roar.